lemons, where's the sugar? Lemon in my cake, lemon in my ears, call them boogers. Rather six feet, for I'm ever seen with you niggas. Hold up! Hold up! Yo. What it is, it's that nigga teeth, skin look colored in. Riding in, double, double R, that's that color in. Pulling in, that 400 grand, I just ordered this. Switzerland, let Geneva, where I spend my summer in. Off the floor, that's Giano's shoe, what I'm running in. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Jordan, and this is Desmond, and welcome to episode fifty-four of Two Black Nerds. That's right. It's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and hot takes on all things fandom, pop culture, and entertainment. As always, you can find Two Black Nerds wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support. And of course, join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Black Nerds. We appreciate that love, y'all. And let's not forget to mention, head over to twoblacknerds.com right now to order some merchandise. We got t-shirts, crewnecks, hoodies, stickers, mugs, everything you need. So go ahead and place those orders right now. On today's show, we got some movies to review, y'all. We're going to be talking about Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard the sequel to the 2017 action comedy starring Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. We also got to discuss Fatherhood, the latest film to star Kevin Hart, just released on Netflix. We're also going to be talking about Pixar's newest feature film, Luca, as well as Batman The Long Halloween Part 1, the animated feature film adaptation of the popular comic book series. We also got some music to cover, including new albums from Tyler, the creator, Doja Cat, and Goldling, as well as a recap of E3 and a bunch of other news. But before we get to any and all of that, we're going to kick off this this week's show with the movie review and we're going to be talking about one of the most anticipated blockbuster releases of 2021 f9 i used to live my life a quarter mile at a time but things changed oh father now i will always be in your heart little brian i have a gift for you your daddy gave me this. No, I'm gonna give it to you. It's very special. It's for protection from what's coming. All right, Dom, what's next? No matter how fast you are. I am not too big compared to you. No one outruns their past. I am more easy, you trying your best to become And mine just caught up to me. Been a long time, Dom. So we're up against a master thief, assassin, high performance driver. Who is he? Jacob is Dom's brother. Your whole life, you pushed yourself to be faster than Dom. Smarter than Dom. Stronger than Dom. But could you kill him? Because I'm ready if you are. There's nothing more powerful than the love of family. But you turn that into anger, there's nothing more dangerous. 
Maybe this is the end, but we're gonna go out together. You know I'd ride to the death with you. Let's get to work. Please tell me that's not a Pontiac Fiero strapped to a rocket engine? Impressive. I know. No. No, that's that's not impressive. I came here to take you down, little brother. That's your mistake. This is my world. Magnet plane? Hold on. Tell me you're not thinking what I think you're thinking. There's no bridge! Oh, hell no. Nice clubhouse. Now, F9 is directed by Justin Lin, and it's written by Daniel Casey and Justin Lin. And the film is starring Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Chris Ludacris Bridges, John Cena, Jordana Brewster, Natalie Emanuel, Sung Kang, Michael Rooker, Helen Mirren, Kurt Russell, and Charlize Theron. Now, Hmm. this is the 10th film in the Fast and Furious franchise. The Fast and Furious franchise is also the highest grossing franchise for Universal. It's their biggest film franchise ever with over $6.2 billion at the box office. And it spawned several different spinoffs, including the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. There's also an animated series. There's theme parks. There's comic books. There's all sorts of stuff. Fast and Furious is one of the biggest enterprises that we have in Hollywood, man. But before we get Mm -hmm. to the the review of the film, man, I want to start off. Before we talk about F9 specifically, how do we yeah. get here? How did we start with <laughs> the Fast and the Furious in 2001? This franchise is now 20 years old. They went from stealing stereos and DVD players to becoming <laughs> one of the most profitable and biggest franchises in Hollywood. What happened to get us here, man? Man, uh, a stepping, continuous stepping stones of over the topness is what got us here. Ridiculous and fun writing and stunts. And continuously adding people to the roster um, of Fast and Furious is what also got us here, man. Uh, that, that, that's what did it. And that's what makes it, again, so fun and popular every year. Uh, we need I feel like we always need that one film or that one franchise to kind of uh, not necessarily turn our brains off, but something to just have fun with, man, something um, to just get us off of, our, off of our feet and enjoy. And that's been the fast franchise. So that is how we arrived here. And that is why this is the ninth iteration <laughs> of of the Fast and Furious, man. Crazy. It's really wild. 20 years, 10 films, one spinoff, including Hobbs and Shaw and Justin Lin 
has come back to direct this film. He's joined the franchise back with the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. He directed mm-hmm. that film. He also directed the fourth, fifth, and then sixth film, stepped away from the franchise for a little bit. And he's now returning to close things out. Apparently, there's going to be two more feature films um, split into two parts. So there's going to be a 10th installment and they're going to be presented in a part one and a part two. So he's come back to sort of close out whatever this iteration of the fast and furious franchise is going to be. Um, and again, this is, this is universal's biggest moneymaker. They have been making these movies forever now. And it's just crazy how we all got here, but we are here. Nonetheless, F9 was supposed to come out last year, like many movies were, but it was delayed several times and it's finally come out. It's one of the films to really bring a lot of people back to the movie theaters. And actually just this past weekend with a $70 million debut, it had the biggest Hmm. opening weekend since 2019. 2019 mm-hmm. uh it's the biggest opening weekend since star wars the rise of skywalker so wow. no film since then has had a bigger money-making opening weekend than f9 which points to really good signs and it's also made a ton of money overseas globally but with all of that out the way with all of that said let's go ahead and talk about this movie more in depth let's give our review and thoughts of this film i want to kick it back over to you man what did you think about f9 yeah, we, we got to preface it by talking about, you know, not only is it a big franchise, but I think both of us enjoy the franchise for the most part, right? Um, I know me specifically, of course, we both love Fast Five, but also there's, there's for me, it, even though it's like not the best of the franchise at all, by any means, probably in the lower half, but Too Fast, Too Furious, I watched a ton of times because when it came out, there wasn't a lot of other Fast and Furious movies. Also, Ludacris is uh, introduced. Tyrese is introduced. They jump off a boat. Ejecto Cito cuz. Eva Mendez <laughs> is in that thing. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, there was a lot going on at the time. So, Too Fast, Too Furious had always been uh, somewhat of a comfort movie for me, even though I knew it wasn't perfect. It's still really fun to watch. So, again, here we are. So many movies later. Again, we're fans of the franchise. And uh, uh, we're, we're, we're looking forward to see this film man so fast nine comes out and i just have to say like what are what exactly are we here for anymore like um like what you know we we preface it talking about again how you know every year or you know every time you know fast comes out it's always nice to have a movie that just mindless action right it's like it always has that feeling that man this is ridiculous but it's still somewhat good, you know. You still you still have that feeling in it. And this film moves too much into the ridiculous pile for me. Uh so much so that the it's it, it's almost pure comedy at this point. Instead of it doesn't feel as uh, serious isn't the word, but it always felt like there was this line that existed between what was, you know, again, absurd and ridiculous and what was still good, even though you had those elements. And they always managed to be right over that. It's still good line. This one, they just tip it all the way over. And I actually feel like we're watching a comedy movie the entire time. And it, and it it's, it's really weird because it's like still entertaining in some ways, but it takes you out of the movie completely at the same time. It's so, it's so interesting um, to watch because the stunts are over the top. Uh, it's, it also attempts to be self-aware, right? There's multiple times in the movie, mainly dealing with uh, Tyrese's whole persona in this sp- specific film where mm-hmm. he tries to attempt to be self-aware, but at the same time, it never, 
it just feels weird. Like some some stuff is like it gets so ridiculous that it feels whack almost. Um, <laughs> you're like you didn't have to go that far, you know, because you didn't go that far before. And so I, I just feel like they 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 again turned it on his head. Um, I think people will feel the same way um, in a lot of different ways. Where if you're going to laugh a lot, don't get me wrong. Like I was rolling the entire movie. Um, <laughs> like it's, it's just so many laughs. Uh, but again, it's so ridiculous that it it doesn't keep up. Um, it, it it really doesn't. I mean, coming again, coming from Fast Five and Fast Six, which are crazy good, right? Same director. You kind of expect that same level uh, of of absurdity while still staying good. And that is not what we get. We get this um, kind of relentless full push into ridiculousness. And it's not as, it's not as good. <laughs> as simple as that. It is not as good. Uh, again, I will say it was entertaining. There were, I was never really bored. But eventually you just start thinking like, this is not a good movie. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I'll leave it at that for now and let you speak. But those are my first, I guess, initial thoughts about Fast Nine, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely go back and forth on this for sure. There, there's plenty to say about F Nine. So I'll just start yeah. off and say that I think that this is a legitimately bad movie. I think that this is a bad movie. I don't like it. I, I mm-hmm. didn't really enjoy myself like I wanted to enjoy myself because you are co- correct. Like we are fans of this franchise unabashedly, unapologetically. Like, yes, I want to go see it in a Fast and Furious movie and enjoy it. I think mm-hmm. Fast Five is legitimately one of the best action movies of the past 20 years. And yeah. the rest of them have done either good or somewhat really good work across the board and across the spectrum. And all the things you mentioned about adding cast members and, you know, really expanding the franchise. It's just been really good stuff overall to make it just good blockbuster popcorn entertainment. This yeah. one just completely jumps the shark all the way. It is a step too far. It does completely cross that line that you mentioned. Uh, the biggest thing for me, where, where do I even start? To be honest with you, so many where thoughts even start? running through my uh, head. I'm already on. Um, I, you know, I'm going to start from the beginning. Honestly, for me, the movie lost me within the first 20 minutes. There's an opening Mm -hmm. action sequence and there are several things that happen where the believability goes completely out the window. They don't shy away from it at all. There is a character that literally should have been dead two times, two separate occasions, like in any situation, in any circumstance, he would be dead in any other movie, practically. But they show him literally survive. And from that point on, I was like, oh, so we're going this far. This is what we're doing now. And from then on, I just couldn't buy into what they were showing me because at that point, there's zero stakes. There's no tension because I don't believe that any of these characters are actually going to die or be in any sort of real sense of trouble. And that's a big, big problem. Now, I don't mind dealing with characters that are superhuman, have super strength, are super intelligent more so than the average person. They can get out of many circumstances and situations. We have heroes for that. Those are cinematic Mm -hmm. heroes. We can look at the superhero movies of today. We can look at Indiana Jones. We can look at James Bond. Like, they get out of shit. We can buy into that, right? But at Mm -hmm. a certain point, they are still human. And if we don't feel any sense of danger with those characters, then... What's the point of even watching the movie? Because at that point, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to know that at the end of this, you're going to walk away, all your limbs intact, probably a scratch, a scrape. That's it. Right. So Mm -hmm. 
that's a big, big problem because I can't invest into anybody any longer at that point. And to your, to your, to your, you know, sort of idea of how they were being self-aware with it, it would have worked if they actually took that. And I think flipped it on its head a little bit to show mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, these people are not invincible, but actually yeah. it just doubled down. And it was like, no, they kind of are invincible. They, nothing can mm-hmm. hurt them. They're going to walk away with nothing but a scratch and a scrape. If that on them, the second yeah. thing that did not work for me, and this was a huge thing that I really, you know, thought about like, why is this movie just not working for me? And this is notably the first movie in a long time, maybe even ever, when I when I really think about it, where Vin Diesel doesn't truly have a co-star in the film to balance out the story dynamic that's mm. happening. So if you really think about it, ever since the first film, it was him and Paul Walker. Vin Diesel yep. steps away, misses Too Fast, Too Furious, comes back at the end of Tokyo Drift. We get mm-hmm. back with Fast and Furious in 09, him and Paul Walker again. Fast Five introduces Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Six. Yeah brings the rock back seven you have the rock and jason statham eight you have all these people like there's always been a balance between vin diesel as the main protagonist dominic toretto as the leader of this family but you still have these other huge stars to really sort of create new situations create a you know Mm -hmm. sort of a foil for vin diesel or add moments of levity this Mm -hmm. just became another vin diesel movie if you ask me it's so much about the Toretto family and this apparent mythology that they're trying to create this backstory about how he has a brother where Jacob come from comes from after all these years that we never heard of him. They spend so much time developing that where I'm just like, I'm just not even interested in this because Vin Diesel is just not a great actor. And that's not a (laughs) knock to him. He's a, he's a, you know, a blockbuster sort of leading man type of actor. We've seen him do, you know, the Chronicles of Riddick. He's tried to do other things with the triple X franchise. This of course he's a producer on, but he's not a great actor to be carrying a movie where we're Mm going to be emotionally invested. Like, yeah, that Vin Diesel movie, that was, that was, that was, it. that was dope right there there's so much of him in it and there's so much there's so much time invested into this backstory of the toretto family where mm-hmm. i'm just like you don't have any balance between that information and what we can get maybe elsewhere with another superstar at play because we we obviously know the rock is not you know he's no longer a part of these movies him him and jason statham did hobbs and shaw maybe they'll come back but they weren't back for this Obviously, Paul Walker tragically passed away, so we don't have that balance there. It's mm-hmm. really just the Vin Diesel show, and I just don't think that that works at all. And honestly, how many fucking people can he save with his car? How many more people can he catch with his vehicle? I, I, he just he just somehow figures out a way to just catch so many human beings with his car and save them. I'm just like, all right, now, what, what type of target practice are you doing? Because that just doesn't make any <laughs> more sense that you can literally catch everybody and save them from doom uh, w- with the car. And then the last thing I'll say before I kick it back to you, because I, I do I do want this to be a little bit of a back and forth, but um, the, the, the true problem with not even just this movie, but with almost all fast and furious movies there aren't any real villains there's no true villain in this franchise because you know at the end of the day that every person is going to eventually become a part of quote-unquote the family everybody's Mm going to eventually go to the the good side the hero side again which leads to that idea of no tension there's barely any stakes because by the end of it i'm Mm -hmm. fully expecting whoever this new foil is supposed to be to 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 join sides with you so there's a lot of problems with this movie uh we'll we'll talk more about the the ridiculous of it of course too because you know we don't want to spoil anything but there's some stuff in the trailers that you know that have already been alluded to that happened throughout this film but it's just it's just so much man they just they they just did too fucking much it's just not it like you can't you can't get me invested into a movie when literally things fall on top of people, bullets go through them and they just don't die. Like what, what are we doing now? Like even, even a superhero 
succumbs to some sort of stakes at that point. We've seen like <laughs> right. certain heroes being some sort of damage and threat level. Like think mm-hmm. about if we saw Avengers Endgame and everybody made it out alive unscathed from that situation. Like we're talking about the end of the world type shit, but that didn't happen. We saw people die in that movie. And I know we complained about that a lot for the MC over the years. Like nobody actually dies. Everybody comes back. And that's a big problem when you don't have those type of stakes. We look at the mission impossible movies. Tom Cruise Mm -hmm. literally risks his life in real life. Y'all like in real life, like in real life, we think this man might die doing these crazy stunts that he do. Even, even the John Wick franchise, which is also heightened reality crazy over yeah. the top stunts you still mm-hmm. can feel a sense of danger with this character because they oh, don't yeah. do anything that's too crazy like yes it's yeah. heightened but you can still buy in and believe a lot of what happens like and if you do have to suspend your disbelief they're not asking you to do it for two fucking plus hours so yeah. this movie just threw all of those rules out the window and just went completely into in my opinion they're just completely in the science fiction fantasy territory at this point oh Absolutely. I actually can't believe they really started the movie like that. And what's, what's even, inter- even more interesting, it's actually a very long sequence. Like, this isn't like, uh, you know what I mean? It was like a nice 25 minutes of the movie. I felt like we were we were kind of stuck in that sequence. Uh, but again, to your point, there's just things that they spend time on and things that happen that you just don't understand why we're here. Again, they spend all the time on the Dominic Toretto story. Okay, a lot going on. I, I like, I kind of get it. Let's introduce the brother, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. but woo, that was a, it was a lot of time spent there. There's another. Uh, again, we're, 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 we need to talk about this. Um, again, the trailers alluded to it. Han is alive. How the fuck mm-hmm. is he alive? <laughs> um, they spend so much time trying to ex- create a story for us to explain why Han is alive. Like it's another 30, 40 minutes of the movie. If you like add it all the time together to kind of explain why Han is alive. There's like this whole big old thing to explain why Han's alive. And it's just like, you didn't have to do that. Like, I, I mean, that's part of like their ridiculousness a little bit is they even went over the top in terms of time, just explaining that. Like when it actually might've been cool if you just did something really fast to explain why he's alive, like, oh, that's why he's alive. Let's move on now, you know? And then we could have had more of him in the movie and, and you know, and so forth, uh, so on and so forth. But it's uh, ridiculous, bro. I, I I need them to, I don't know, remember who they are. Because you, you spoke about the Invincible thing. Like you said, why are we here? Why are we here if y'all not going to die? What's the why point? What is the like? What can like even um what you brought up John Wick? John Wick being hurt. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> these, like these getting his ass whooped. Low key. Yeah. yeah, these people do not be getting hurt. Like they will. I don't. They they barely limp. Um, <laughs> ain't no concussion. Oh my god! There's this moment in the movie. Oh, I have to talk about it. Where John Cena picks up Vin Diesel and drives him through like the top of a d- corridor. Oh yeah, and that's ben in the trailer Diesel, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vin Diesel doesn't move. <laughs> like, like it breaks, it breaks the some whatever it is, it breaks the drywall, and Vin Diesel's body literally doesn't move. Like this man is literally still. He's actually Colossus. Vin Diesel's Colossus. This might as well be an X Men movie now at this point because Vin Diesel is clearly Colossus. Letty is fucking Shadow Cat or something. I don't know. Like this is it's just a lot going on. There's there's another section. This is. I'm, it's a spoiler. I'm not going to talk about it, but he's also Captain America. He is Colossus and Captain America put together the things he is doing. Like, I understand. Again, there's always just been that fine line 
a very it's a very small line but it's a good line between what fast is supposed to be and superhero movies and yeah it's always it's but it's always been fun to teeter that line right and now it's like it's so much it, they, they crossed it they're in superhero territory without going full superhero kind of and this is is just not it man it's uh, yeah and, and, when, and the problem with that, too, is that it doesn't work when your previous films were nowhere near that territory. Like your exactly. first film is literally about street racers that steal DVD players. How is it all of a sudden <laughs> that 20 years later, Dominic Toretto has the strength of literally, you know, uh, Incredible Hulk? Like that just doesn't add up and doesn't yeah. make sense. You can't you can't legitimately ask me if I've seen all of these movies, you can't legitimately ask me as an intelligent audience watcher and intelligent film goer to watch this and be like yeah I buy that that makes sense yeah that adds up like no that does not make fucking sense at all Vin Diesel that no we know you want your own superhero franchise bloodshot sucked but this ain't it bro this is not it you can't just make, change the rules this way mm-hmm. um, the Han stuff ridiculous because they tried to explain it and give it this really thoughtful sort of like behind the scenes perspective on how he survived. And I still don't understand how the fuck I, I still really don't know. Like, it's still unclear <laughs> to me how he yeah. survived because the way that they glossed over it just did not make sense. And we did all of this sort of hype and hullabaloo about him coming back and they didn't even do anything with him. He wasn't even all that integral to the story. Like, no, nope. he did a little bit of something, but it's just like justice isn't served justice isn't there behind like it's it's yeah. just it's not there it wasn't what we wanted it to be and what you know fans really clamored for for the past he's been gone for what seven years from the franchise so this just wasn't a proper mm-hmm. return um we, we got to talk i mean charlie's there and she's i mean this has to be the easiest paycheck of her life like oh, she ever. did it, I can't imagine that she had to work more than three days. Like this had to oh, be uh, nah, st- yeah, step nah. on and, and just like easily get this. How much you think she made? Cause she, she was in the movie for about, about three minutes. Like how, bro, who how much money did they uh, give her? Cause bro, <laughs> I, and Kurt I, Russell too. He's probably in the movie for 60 seconds. Maybe if maybe may if that. 60 seconds. So they clearly took their paychecks and, you know, cashed out, which I don't blame them for at all. Like, go ahead oh, and get that money, not. make that make that bread. But it, it's, you know, it's just all over the place, man. It's just like such a it's such an annoying thing to see again when you have these other legitimately, I think, great action franchises. Like we're, we're seeing mm-hmm. we're seeing a good era of action start to try to really make a return like the golden age. I think a lot of people consider it like the 80s was the golden age. And even yeah. when you look back at 80s movies, you look back at those cartoonish characters like John Rambo or the mm-hmm. Terminator or Commando mm-hmm. with Arnold Schwarzenegger or, you yep. know, the Van Damme, you know, films like they got a little cartoonish at a certain point. They became very self-aware of who they were, but mm-hmm. we never got to where we are here with the Fast and the Furious. And that's the problem when every film just becomes about raising the stakes all of a sudden it's like how can we top ourselves right Mm -hmm. and i think it's important to note out that this is also the first film that doesn't have writer chris morgan since tokyo drift he's written every single installment since tokyo drift and the dialogue in this one is not even good the dialogue is bad and i think that there's something to be said about that like yeah Mm -hmm. justin lynn is back and he's you know directed the most notable installments but that writer not being there i think is is worthy of pointing out Um, absolutely let, let's talk. I want to talk about two more things specifically. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Because the newcomer to this 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 installment is John Cena himself, right? Mm-hmm. We're seeing John Cena start to step into the spotlight and become more of a you know prominent actor. He's already a part of the Transformers franchise. He was in Bumblebee. We know he's coming to Suicide Squad later this summer, and now he's a part of the Fast and Furious franchise. What did you think about his his outing here as Jacob? 
Yeah, I didn't, I don't think I minded him as an actor at all, but I think kind of that story we spoke about degraded him a little bit for me um, because nothing he did was like, eh, you know, but because it was John Cena, like in my mind, uh, what, what's the name of the movie? 12 Rounds? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, in my mind, he was, he he's good. Like John Cena will be a good action star i know it exists but the movie also has to be good like there has to be things surrounding him um that make him decent and part of me feels like i didn't get enough of a sense for him throughout the film because um there are moments we see him and there's like no talking (laughs) or like Mm -hmm, he's not he's not doing something or he's not or if when he does show up it's like uh a five line exchange. And then that's it for John Cena for the next 15, 20 minutes. Um, But because, but that's, again, that speaks to what you spoke about how, you know, Vin Diesel was the star of the film, even though technically there's supposed to be this co-star over here, but where's his screen time? You know, that's kind of what it felt like to me. I'm like, okay, where's his screen time at? Um, You know, again, you spoke about the dynamic we have, there was Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham. And then and it's like, okay, those existed. Now you are attempting to replace that. Like you're doing right. it, but you got to give them the same umph, give them mm-hmm. the same push. You have to give them the same, uh, you know, amount of, amount of story time. Uh, because, uh, again, the, the, the parts we see with them trying to put together the Toretto story still feel very Vin Dieselish. <laughs> Very Vin Dieselish, and so um, again, I, I think I think really it was an easy check for John Cena too. <laughs> um, to be honest, uh, yeah. because I even though he was there and he was he had to do some stuff, but you know he 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 in my mind he like barely showed up, had to show up as well um, because he didn't he didn't even like really have time to show off the chops. I think he wanted to show off um, when it came, when it came to kind of being one of those action stars. So. Yeah, this this might be a little conjecture on my part, but at this point, why not? A part of me thinks Vin Diesel is a little fearful of running to running into another situation like of what happened with The Rock, where mm-hmm. The Rock comes in Fast Five, owns the movie, and damn near takes over the franchise from Vin Diesel because by that point he was a producer on the franchise, and yeah. we saw that they had their you know their sort of falling out and their split, which mm-hmm. resulted in Universal you know appeasing both. Like okay, you know Vin, you keep the Fast franchise, we'll we'll dive more into the story elements of your character and, and, you know, the Toretto lineage, but the rock, we're also going to give you your own spinoff and make your Mm -hmm. own franchise and all the language that the rock would use and sort of the promotion of Hobbs and Shaw and the lead up. He would talk about, yeah, we're assembling a new team, you know, meet the new team members of our, of our own team and stuff like that. And we know in that film, spoiler alert, if you've not seen Hobbs and Shaw, there's cameo appearances from Kevin Hart and Ryan Reynolds, you know, so they're sort of, they're, they're sort of assembling their own version of a fast and furious team within the Hobbs and Shaw universe, whatever that might look mm-hmm. like. Um, but to go back to John Cena, um, you know, I liked him, but I think my, my, my problem with, with him, and I don't know if this is his fault or not. It might be the direction that he was given. It just felt like he was in a different movie than everybody else. Like everybody else is really <laughs> goofy in this film. And John Cena is <laughs> very seriously. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just like, Cena, this isn't that movie. You're it's not that serious, man. Like, I know you have to try to provide some stakes and some levity, not excuse me, not levity, but some 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 relevance to this new character and the mm-hmm. you know familial relationship because they are brothers, um, even though they look nothing alike. He's just he's taking it very seriously, you know, and I just think that he's probably not in the right movie. The tone that may have been closer, ironically enough, might have been what he's going to do in Peacemaker with the Suicide Squad. This really just goofy, yeah. like 
you know, I know, I know I'm here to be like some sort of like savior, some weird savior, justice, peacemaker type stuff, but I'm also mm-hmm. like really fucked up in the head, um, which I think a lot of the fast family, they're kind of fucked up in the head because they are still criminals and they just get to have like family barbecues at the end of the movie and it's all good. doesn't really make sense. They're um, their own suicide squad. Pretty much. They, they might as well. I mean, they're spies at this point. This is like full on spy mission yeah. territory the last mm-hmm. thing we gotta address it because i'd kick myself if we didn't so we know that this is the one where they go to space that that is no mm-hmm. secret we know that that was teased in it. the trailers yeah and it happened y'all just i mean that's not a spoiler it we knew it was gonna happen it happened um i, I mean what to say about it did it did it work for you was it thought which was it what you thought it was gonna be with them going to space I, I, I don't even know what to ask, honestly, because it's it, it baffles me that this happened. I just what did you think about that? That whole sequence? Yeah. So um, I knew that we had joked that they were going to space. And I'm like, oh, my God. But the way it actually happens is. Uh, it's just so interesting to think about, um, because I think. <laughs> In my mind, I knew they were going to go over the top, but they still managed to over the top, the over the topness. I can't like, <laughs> I don't know how else to put this into words. Like they still managed to out do themselves <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, uh, in this way. And it's like, it's so ridiculous um, and absurd again, kind of what we've been talking about this whole time. I just didn't think it would go that far. That's that's how I would explain it. It just goes too far, quite literally. Yeah, literally, just, just literally goes too far. Um, and and yeah, and the, just the circumstances, not why they're up there, but like again, the whole the whole ambiance, like everything going on, the car they're in, <laughs> like all of this is just like. Y'all can't be serious right now. Um, yeah, they they crossed the line and it just went too far. Again, quite literally. That's all I can say about it. It was, again, it. I laughed a lot at it <laughs> because it's so ridiculous. It's hard not to laugh. It was so funny. But yeah, just too far, man. In space with a Pontiac Fiero. They, they really not did it. Fiero. I'll just quickly add that them going to space, no surprise. We knew it was going to happen. That didn't bother me at all because I fully expected this to go down. Right. Exactly. But literally the last thing that they did while they were up there, like the last thing that they ended up having to do with this car while they were in space, orbiting the world. I mean, I I don't know. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen anything more preposterous on screen. Like the amount of just... Ooh, it stresses me out to think about this. Um, not gonna lie, y'all. This movie is two hours and twenty-five minutes of just complete drivel all the way through. It is, it is, it is quite the circus. Like if you want to just go see a circus on screen, it might be the hey. best thing you've ever watched in your life because it is. It's the hey. greatest show. <laughs> it literally is. But yeah, you know, there, there. Sometimes things can go too far, and this absolutely did. Um, mm-hmm. in, in in pretty much every respect. Um. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the magnets, which was, you know, I feel like it was a little 
understated more than I thought it, it was, was going to be. I yeah, thought they I were going to be really prominent. Yeah, that they, that wasn't as big of a thing as much. There's a you know a completely different villain that I had no idea was going to be in the movie that they gave a lot of screen time to, which I think to to everything you said that took away some shine that could have been just given to John Cena. Mm-hmm. Like, why create two? Mm-hmm villains when john cena is supposed to be the primary antagonist here and then you know they had the flashbacks with the young actors who you know were a part of the movie um i thought that their performances did well you know i I I like them their performances but again Mm -hmm. it felt just like a completely different movie like how are we watching this this real dramatic relationship between this family while we're also watching people literally use magnets to flip cars all over London and <laughs> wherever the fuck else that they traveled to. Cause they were all over right. the world in this movie. So man, any other yeah. thoughts on, on F nine before we move on? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, shout out to Natalie Emmanuel. I love you. Um, I can't wait till we get married. <laughs> uh, no, but also, I, so, so one thing they did kind of decent is attempting to to get decent screen time for all the smaller actors, like I feel like Ludacris did. I mean, Ludacris and Tyrese, of course, had their time. I feel like um, the the ladies had their time. You know, they all had their like little sections um, in which they actually got time to do stuff, action sequences at that. Um, so I did appreciate some of that stuff for sure. That they, uh, it's like they they knew how to balance the old characters, but not the new ones. That's kind of what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, and also shout out to. Um, Again, we were talking about the the flashback. I think young Vin Diesel was great. I think he did really good. Um, I thought he was a good actor. And in a weird way, it was kind of good casting. I was like, you know, it I worked. can kind of see this. Yeah, I, It actually worked for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one other thing, uh, Brian, Vin Diesel's son, we have no idea where the little kid was the entire movie. Like, was he... I don't know if he had a babysitter. Like, because... <laughs> Again, they're like living together, like on this little farm, fixing cars, and they got to go do their mission or, you know, whatever. The movie kind of starts there. So they never explain where the little boy is. Because I think the implication that that Paul Walker is Brian is supposed to be watching them. Watching him? Yeah. yeah, I feel a little. Yeah, I was like, "Mm, I don't. Because then if that's the case, it doesn't make sense. Because why wouldn't he be on the mission with them? It just. Yeah, it's. whatever beyond believability beyond believability uh but yeah i think that's all i'll say again as a comedy movie it's up there that shit is absolutely hilarious y'all i mean it is really funny but again as a again really as a movie as a structurally sound film that's not it so i'll leave it at that man Those are our thoughts on F9, y'all. We spent uh, about 30 minutes talking about that, but we had to. We really, really had to because I know we were both looking forward to this and we both uh, we both kind of walked out of that theater, I think, a little perplexed at what we just witnessed uh, on screen because yeah. uh, it was quite <laughs> quite the spectacle, quite the spectacle. But I'd love to hear what other people think about F9, especially if you're a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise. So please hit us up and let us know what you think about that. Let's go ahead and talk about the next film that we have to review this week. Again, a sequel another sequel another action film an action comedy a proper action comedy this time around starring ryan reynolds and samuel jackson hitman's wife's bodyguard he has had a tremendous year michael bryce is the bodyguard of the year Woo! Is he a relative of yours? God, no. Darius Kincaid, the hitman, wanted for like a zillion murders around the world. And how often do you have this dream? 
Just once. Well, that's not a night. Right. I'm thinking you need to forget bodyguarding. I'm officially on sabbatical, and to be honest, I don't know why I didn't do this sooner. This is the world's been waiting for me to make this change. For the first time, I'm starting to imagine a life without bodyguarding. This really feels like a new beginning. Don't I know you? We have to go get him. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not getting involved in this. I'm under strict psychological orders. I promised my therapist no bodyguard. That means no guns, no killing, and no blood. What is he doing here? Are you using pepper spray? I'm on sabbatical. <laughs> How many times have you nearly got me killed? Not enough. We're trying to have a baby. What, what the? the I would make a great mother, don't you think? Oh my God, a child would be so lucky to have you as its host. You're gonna tell us everything you know. I'm not telling you. I, on the other hand, will tell you everything. Now, this film is directed by Patrick Hughes, is written by Tom O'Connor, Brandon Murphy, and Philip Murphy. And as I mentioned, it's starring Ryan Reynolds, Samuel Jackson, as well as Salma Hayek, Antonio Banderas, Morgan Freeman, and Frank Grillo. Now, wow. the 17 film, The Hitman's Bodyguard, came out, an original movie, did really well, uh, made like over $160 million on, a, I think, a 40 or $50 million budget. You know, pretty pretty cheap movie to make, and it's, it's a great film to bring two really A-list prominent actors together um you probably would never predict that ryan reynolds and samuel jackson would be in a movie together mm -hmm. obviously two mm -hmm. completely di different generations and they brought them together and in that movie their chemistry really really worked it's not a great movie by any means it's a it's a, it's a silly dumb over-the-top action movie as well not not as over the top as f9 but it does what it needs to do right and so they decided to go ahead and make a sequel here and do another one um hitman's wife's bodyguard so we got a chance to check out this movie Let's go ahead and get into it, man. Any thoughts and reaction and feedback about Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard? Um, surprisingly, it, it surprised me. Surprisingly, it surprised me. I laughed more than I thought I would. Um, I I never was like really angry at the movie. <laughs> like I never was like, damn, that sucks. Uh, there were it. It just was okay. You know, um, and I think those laughs again kept me in it because it, part of the reason that's why we're here. You can't have Samuel Jackson and Ryan Reynolds on screen and not expect to laugh. Right. Um, uh, you know, we kind of follow the same premise as the first film, the first Hitman's Bodyguard. And I think I might have laughed more in this one than I did the first film, uh, surprisingly or not. One of the things that does take me out of this film specifically is Selma Hayek a little bit because she's just like. She's probably just loud. She's just like loud all the time. <laughs> like there was like, I was like, oh dang. You, no, there, there, there was really just moments. It's like, damn, you still talking? And it was like, um, and I love her. I really do. And then she has a lot of funny moments too. And then sometimes it's like, 
too many moments. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dang, Selma, did you have to be here too? Like, dang, this wasn't your moment, but you like tried to steal it just because she was like, yeah, she was just in it a lot, a lot. Um, which again, she's literally in the title. She's the bodyguard's wife, you know, or the hitman's wife, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I get it. It's just, again, a couple of those moments I was like, hmm. Well, she wasn't as loud, but um, surprisingly, some of the action sequences are decent, um, which, again, caught me off guard. Um, not uh, not the best movie in the world. Don't get me wrong. Um, but again, just really surprising on what I expected it to be, especially because coming off the first Hitman's Bodyguard, which is also not the most perfect movie in the world. You know, um, it has its flaws. Yeah, it's it's not like we're inventing something new here, um, but and I just didn't expect the sequel again to to feel as good as it did. Um, but I, I enjoy Ryan Reynolds and I enjoy, you know, Samuel Jackson. And that's what that's what I got. I got the laughs. I got, you know, some some decent things. Some a lot of shit doesn't make sense that happens <laughs> in the movie. But again, it's like I think it's what it's a little better than just what I expected it. And so um, for that, I appreciated it again. Not not perfect, but I, I kind of mess with it, man. So cool. I'll co-sign you there for sure. It was definitely better than I expected. I fully, I fully anticipated when we went to go see this. I'm like, this is going to be bad. This is going to be a train mm-hmm. wreck. There's no way that this can be good. The first one, to your point, it's it's an okay film. Some some entertaining action. Love the chemistry between Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson. That completely works. So I'm like, all right, well, I don't know if they'll be able to repeat that, especially with these new additions to the cast and just you know the nature of it being a sequel, of course. But it, it also surprised me. I laughed more than I thought I would as well. Samuel Jackson and Ryan Reynolds, they just they get it. They get each other. Mm-hmm. They have a great relationship. It works on screen. You can tell that they enjoy working with each other, which is really the strength of I think the series now, which which works out well for them. They did a lot of traveling. They were in a lot of different locations. This must have been a great vacation for all the people involved i'm sure that samuel yeah. jackson had a grand time and all the all the <laughs> european places that they visited in this film it was really like a world adventure um yeah, action, uh, to your to your point also really well crafted great practical action which i know we clamor for all the time because we don't always mm-hmm. get with you know just sort of the the frequent use of cgi technology it's harder and harder to find films that you you know do things practically and it looks good but that's always my preferred method because the believability is just always going to be there over just obviously the stuff that looks fake on screen like yeah that cgi can look pristine and crisp but it's always going to be to the trained eye just a little bit different than the real thing and i think i really appreciate them always leaning into the practical action here um to your point selma hayek she dials it all the way up in this movie like she goes completely forward like turns it to 10 and Mm -hmm. She wasn't in the first movie that much, which I think helped out that first movie a lot more because she had a few scenes, but she wasn't the third star Mm -hmm. on the call sheet. Like she was just kind of in the background of that first film. But here she is a big part of the script. And yeah, that that definitely kind of took me down some notches because I'm like she I think she's trying to provide the energy that Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson are bringing to it. But maybe it would have been better to go in a different direction. Obviously, we saw Mm -hmm. what her character was in the first movie. She's just as vulgar and as obscene as, as Samuel. Samuel Jackson is she's like yeah. a, she's she's kind of a scummy person um but mm-hmm. she yeah she just completely doubted it up like too much like there there's a, <laughs> there's there's a limit you can pull back a little bit um Antonio Banderas wasn't in the movie all that much I thought he was going to be in it more so I was just like mm-hmm. oh it's kind of weird that he 
again, he's supposed to be the villain um, or at least one of the villains, but he just wasn't around that much. Frank Grillo also didn't have that much to do. I didn't expect him to be in the role that he was in because he's typically like a good, he's a good bad guy in things that he plays, but he, you know, wasn't really used here. Morgan Freeman showing up. It's nice to see Morgan Freeman and Samuel L. Jackson in the same movie together. I just appreciate that Crazy. as a fan, like that we can say yep. we had that as a moment, um, mm-hmm. but he also wasn't in it that much. It, it really does focus on Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson, which is the strength of the first film and it continues mm-hmm. to be the strength here. They're kind of, these two films are kind of neck and neck for me. Again, they're not great. They're just guy, you know, they're just popcorn entertainment. If you just go to the movies, and you want to see something. This is like the perfect movie to go see at an AMC on a Tuesday where you can get a discount. Like you can pay like either a $5 ticket or if you go before a certain time, you can get like 30% off deal or whatever the case may be. This would be like the perfect movie. And it's only 100 minutes. It's shorter than the first movie, which usually never happens. Sequels yeah, are usually true. always longer than the first one. And this mm-hmm. isn't. And that actually, I think, worked out well for this one. So, yeah, nice, dumb, stupid, silly action movie. <laughs> but you will yeah. walk away, like you mentioned, laughing, entertained. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's overall a satisfactory, completely watchable experience. So it worked. It actually surprisingly worked for me. I was pleasantly surprised. Do you think Deadpool will ever meet Nick Fury? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it has to happen. It, has, it yeah. absolutely has to. Deadpool and Nick Fury, please. And Deadpool yeah. has to talk about Hitman's bodyguard. He has to reference it when him and Nick Fury he meet. Got, like, he has to. Like, don't I know you from so? <laughs> don't I know your wife, too? Like, what's going on here? Like, yes. Yeah. Like, Marvel, <laughs> y'all have to do that shit. Like, they that got to be the perfect thing ever because that's what, that's what Deadpool is here for, right? That's like, true. We got to say yep. I love it. What um? So one, do you think there needs to be a third movie? And if so, how many more fucking possessive nouns can they use? We have Hitman's wife's bodyguard. What else can we throw in there? Hitman's wife's driver's bodyguard. Hitman's the, wife's the, the hairdresser you, bodyguard. What what else? You do like the Hitman's brother's bodyguard, and oh it you. I don't know. It's like just somebody. Black in uh, in old like Samuel Jackson. It's Danny Glover. But I feel like you have to add <laughs> Danny Glover. <laughs> Yo, if Danny Glover shows up in one of these movies, just sign me up. <laughs> um, but no, you have to. But I feel like you have to add it. Up. It has to be Hitman's wife's something mm, bodyguard. I, I feel mean. like we just have to. We just have to add it on to it. So we have to say Hitman's it's, wife something it's, bodyguard. It's, 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 it's her sister. So now it comes. From, it goes from a trio to a whatever for to a quartet. Quartet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You add another girl in there. Um, I can see yeah, that. That's what some, they do. somebody for. Uh, Somebody for Ryan Reynolds maybe to engage with so with because uh-huh. like, they okay. had old old girl who was the love interest in the first one, but you know yeah, they, they, um, they just like extra out the movie like I for, yeah movie. I forget her name she was uh she was Electra in Daredevil she yep. wasn't that I can't forget her name was, though yeah yeah um, huh, I wonder what happened to her um yeah you're probably right that would be good to have somebody for him to play off of like Samuel Jackson and Selma Hayek get to Selma Hayek mm-hmm. yeah. I think that'd be cool so I think if they did make another one um. Yeah, I don't know. If if it's a big enough star, if they added somebody, like, for real, for real, I say go for it. Um, if it's somebody small, 
they they might you know they might can think about a um a streaming release or something i don't know if because i don't think people are, are going to go see it in theaters i could be wrong about that um but i don't know if a third installment is in not only the budget but if people's interest to go watch in the movie theater um so who knows i wouldn't be mad if we got back to the days of some some things ending with two like everything does not need to be a trilogy we don't always need three of everything like sometimes if you can make a good movie and then another mm-hmm. movie that's either almost as good or as good maybe you, you should just there, stop huh? you know we used to we used to i mean we got a you know we got 48 hours and another 48 hours for the longest time we had rush hour and rush hour two until they fucked it up with three mm-hmm. sometimes you can just kind of step away with two and be like you know what we did what we needed to do yeah. Boom, we're done. And like you mentioned, next time we'll see Sam and Ryan, Deadpool and Nick Fury. Let's make it happen, y'all. Marvel Studios, Phase 5. Sounds up. good to me. Let's go ahead and transition, y'all, and talk about our next film that we got to review this week. We are going to be talking about Kevin Hart's latest debut film that just hit Netflix, Fatherhood. Excuse me. She's been, like, crying for hours. Sorry, but this is a group for new mothers. On that sign out there, it says parents. I'm a parent, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Girl's got some stuff flying out of ass, and she can either hit you with a streamer or she'll buckshot you. It's a quick whop. I need help. I don't know how you're going to do this. Mm-mm-mm. If you could have only one parent, I wish you could have had your mom. Because she would have been better at it. And mommy was the best. Go to sleep, Maddie. Maddie, go to sleep. Maddie, go to sleep. Go to sleep, Maddie. It's not working out. She's not a clapper. Matthew, darling, we think you should move back to Minnesota. You're all alone here. She needs family. Raising a child is a non-stop, all-day, all-night affair. I look. You look great. Don't say it just to be saying it. You look like a king. King and a slave. What's up, Daddy? How does it look? I think it's a new look. I think it's a new hairstyle that can catch on if given a chance. Mr. Logan, Madeline doesn't have a mother to model after. I am well aware of what my daughter doesn't have. You think you can do this, but you can't. No, man, you're right. I can't do it. But you know what? I'm going to do it because I'm a father. God, Maddie. You Thank God today I got there in time to hold her hand. Well, Liz, I didn't get to hold her hand. She was gone. And you. It's always just us. Other people have more people. I just want to do what your mom would have wanted me to do. You're trying to make everything perfect. (laughs) But we don't have any control. Wherever you are, I want to go there. Wherever you are, I want to go there too. Somebody's cutting onions or something close to us or something. I don't know. Hey, y'all gotta stop it. Oh. You'd be so proud of you. <laughs> Two kisses. One for mommy. One for me. Hold on to me. Stay close. Don't be scared. <laughs> oh! He okay, Maddie. Yeah. Fatherhood's directed by Paul Weitz, and it's also written by him and Dana Stevens. And again, it's starring Kevin Hart, Alfred Woodard, Lil Rel Howery, DeWanda Wise, Anthony Kerrigan, 
Frankie Faison and Paul Reiser. Now, it's been a minute since Kevin Hart's been in a movie. The last thing I think he was in was the most recent Jumanji sequel, which mm. was from 2019. So that was almost a couple of years ago. Um, it seems like he's been taking a little bit of a somewhat of a small break, maybe from from making films. And we know Kevin Hart has uh, he, he's definitely stayed in the news for various reasons over the past couple of years for, for a lot of mm-hmm. different things. But he's now back leading a film playing against type so to say um but let's go ahead and get into it i don't you know i don't mind starting off and giving just like my initial thoughts on fatherhood here um you know mm-hmm. we saw this trailer a while ago and we talked about it how like oh this is going to be a you know a bit of a different role for for him obviously we know him as a comedian he's done a lot of comedy roles of course as well as his, his stand-ups which have always performed exceptionally well so this is going to be a different role for kevin hart and i think the movie's okay i think it's mm-hmm exceptionally ordinary which Mm -hmm. is not a bad thing per se it's not necessarily a bad thing that it's just ordinary sometimes we need ordinary films there's nothing wrong with just an ordinary slice of life film it's probably a little bit beyond slice of life because some tragic shit happens but it gives us a perspective into something we don't typically see which is a father caring for his child alone like he's in Mm -hmm. a circumstance where he is the the single parent raising a child and this is also a black family that's involved in this which you know can be appreciated for sure i think for me the thing about this well the the one thing that does work is the fact that we have a really good cast and a a really good supporting cast that kept me engaged throughout the movie whether it was like the woman characters or some of the supporting comedy that we might have gotten from Lil Rel Howery like he can take a little bit of that he mm-hmm. can take a little bit of that baggage off of Kevin Hart so Kevin Hart has the opportunity to do a little bit more of a you know drama sort of oriented role um and then other people that we had in this of course Alfred Woodard always excellent always amazing yeah. she's a vet um it was good to see Frankie Faison back I haven't seen him you know do something sure. probably since Luke Cage was the last thing I seen him in uh yeah. Wise, we know she's coming up she did she's got to have it with spike lee um excuse me was it she's got to have it or was it yeah yeah it was she's got to have it yeah so dewanda wise obviously making a name for herself out here and so i think overall a good supporting cast here for kevin hart to sort of play off of um i don't know how i feel about him doing things outside of comedy like he -hmm. wasn't bad by any means like it was fine Mm -hmm. i guess for me transparently the movie immediately as soon as i started watching the movie what it felt like to me was it's it's i think it's designed to be a star vehicle type of movie and it's designed to also help repair the image of kevin hart because i think he's Mm. undergone a lot of controversy lately about various things whether it relates to the the oscars Mm -hmm. controversy with the homophobic comments he's made in the past that he's obviously and i'm not holding that to him because he you know he's acknowledged that a long time ago but we know that that happened right or even just like more recently what he's, you know, sort of went through with people just accusing him of not being funny, not being a, a, a really quality comedian. Um, mm-hmm. So he's gotten into it with a lot of people on social media, whether it was Clubhouse a few months ago or Twitter most recently. This feels like a movie designed to, to put him in, in the good graces of, of audiences. It feels like let's paint mm-hmm. him in a really positive picture. Let's place him in the, you know, the, 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 the star leading role as this sole parenting father who can you know be responsible and take care of his child um this is me looking at it outside of like just a pure film and i'm, I'm right. sort of like extrapolating other ideas that i feel like it might have been designed for uh from a business perspective and for me because i'm thinking about it in that way it just makes me look at the film as like okay you know this is this is this is more for your image instead of being like a story that people really want to tell 
Um, I do want to say, like, shout out to Paul White as being the director for this because he isn't typically known to make films like this. Like, he's very much mm-hmm. been in his comedy bag. His most famous work, American Pie, obviously, right. you know, a, a really prevalent comedy from the early 2000s. Um, he also did Little Fockers, which was not a good movie. Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. I think that was like the third movie in the Meet the Parents trilogy. Um, so he's here doing something, again, a little bit more drama oriented, still some splashes of comedy. But I don't know. It just kind of it, it, it just kind of feels like a movie designed to make me feel good about Kevin Hart. And hmm. I've always just been okay on Kevin Hart. I respect him and respect what he's done. He's obviously extremely, po- extremely popular, extremely hardworking. Um, yeah. He has times where he does make me laugh. There's other times where I'm like, you are, you flooding the market. You're oversaturating shit. Like, <laughs> go away for a while. Yeah. Um, and watching this, I just kind of felt indifferent. And I never yeah. want to feel that way watching a movie. I didn't feel moved in particular mm-hmm. about anything. I didn't feel emotional towards anything um, except the beginning, like the, the the sort of inciting conflict that creates everything that happens. That was the one piece that I was, you know, a little shook by. I'm like, that's terrible. Um, the traumatic incident. But beyond that, I felt like I didn't, you know, really have any other times where I invested all that much into any of the characters. It kind of felt like a passive watch for me. So it was okay. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's not great. It's just, it's fine, but it's, it's, it's perfectly watchable. You can watch it and it's fine. You know, I don't think you'll mm-hmm. regret, regret watching it and or other people might really also enjoy it as well. So I don't want to, you know, yuck on anybody's yum. I just, you know, for me, it was just okay. Yeah, I, that's a crazy great point. I would have never thought about what you just said um, about this movie potentially, um, again, being, you know, something to make Kevin Hart, I guess, look better, um, you know, in the public eye, especially, like you said, he's been going, people have been eating this dude up <laughs> on social yeah. media and, and Twitter and such, you know. Um, it's it's really interesting thing to watch uh, because other comedians have gone through this, like, same thing Kevin Hart's going through, but in the age of social media and um even in the age of uh just how like you said saturated kevin hart is in the market he's even subject to more criticism i think than most people ever right like imagine 100%, yeah richard Pryor with twitter like that would have been probably something wild too or you know what i mean like there's a lot going on there um so it, it's just really interesting uh dynamic to think about um for sure that being said uh, I agree for the most part, man. It's an okay film. It's a fine film. Uh, there's nothing that's just like, oh my God, this is the movie. But there's also nothing that makes me mad either. It's an ordinary film. Um, I talked to you about this. And, uh, I, we also talked about this back in the photograph. It's okay. I like that we're establishing Black movies that just exist. Mm-hmm. And that can just be boring. Um, because I, I'm not sure this existed <laughs> like before, like I'm thinking there's another movie really this simple. Um, there, there are things like Daddy's Little Girls, but even that's over the top, right? Where like he is people's hitting by car, there's a whole community, like it's, it's a lot going on in Tyler Perry movies too. Mm-hmm. Um, but here again, it uh, of course, like you said, some tragic things happened, but it's it's just a normal let's <laughs> let's live life, uh, slice of life kind of movie. Um, I, I do want to know if Matthew Cherry signed off on this because this is definitely like hair love extreme. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. In a couple different ways. Because I was like, the whole time I was the beginning, especially the first like 20 minutes, I'm like... A lot of mirror images there for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. like, all right, Ma- Matthew Cherry, did you sign off on this? If you did, we're good. <laughs> right. But if you didn't, you got to start mm-hmm. talking to some people, Matthew Cherry. I don't know how I feel about this. Plagiarism. Uh, <laughs> uh but again other than that i agree uh i think the cast is crazy um alfrey woodard is just a legend lil rail is 
always going to be funny to me. Like, he Definitely. is, in my mind, he's really good. Like, yeah, there's always like waves of comedians, right? We've always known that. There's There was a time where it was like Chappelle and Cat Williams, right? Like, at the same time, and kind of towards not, of course, Dave is still going, but kind of towards the end of, guess, that decade is where Kevin Hart appears, right? Kevin Hart saturates the market. Now, in my mind, it's a little rails time, but he, he, he had just has, he just doesn't put out specials, right? Mm-hmm. He puts out sitcoms and he's always like the, the buddy in a movie. He's always the best friend in the movie. Literally the photograph we were just talking about. He's in the photograph and he's in this movie. He, you know what I mean? He's in so many things. Get out. Um, and I, I, I just think he's great. Um, and he, he'll always be funny to me. Uh, DeWanda Wise just needs more work. She's great. You know, um, it, yeah, that's simple as that. She needs more work. But shout out to Melody Heard, man. That's a, a talented little girl. Very. Um, she she was in them, of course, too. Um, which I mean, whatever. <laughs> uh, but uh, again, the the cast of them is amazing. The mm-hmm. problem with that TV show is not the cast, because in fact, they're the best part of that entire show. Um, and speaking of Deborah Arende, it plays the mom in this in this movie yep. as well. Um, and which is crazy because it's like here we are again. They're literally mother and daughter again. They literally copy and paste uh mother and daughter relationship here. So I really think she's this little girl is gonna be something great, man. Melody Heard is on the come up. Uh I, I think she's talented. I hope she gets again more work. Uh, but she's been in some serious movies or t- projects really between them and this. That was this is like two. <laughs> pretty serious movies and she does great in this film like she really does have a lot of screen time a lot of moments where she's asked to perform um and and, and she does that so i appreciate uh her for that too so uh yeah this movie is, is again it's just fine but i again i appreciate it just for it at least being able to exist kevin hart does surprisingly show a little bit of acting chops i was like what kev yeah. has that in them uh, mm-hmm. i wasn't ready <laughs> i was like huh uh but we again we've talked about these comedians they know the comic space so well that they can kind of they kind of know how to shift and i we kind of seen that in kevin hart too where we kind of see that seriousness we can see it in dave Chappelle. we kind of see that seriousness we see it in uh we kind of seen it in chris rock and you know in, in the book is all uh but we see it in um uh adam sandler you know uncut jim yeah but yeah we just it, it's just really interesting to see comedians shift Again, all good jokes contains true shit. It's like they know the true shit so well, but we're just so used to the comic, uh, you know, the the comic side that we we get surprised when they shift it, you know, back to the other side. So I did kind of appreciate that out of Kevin Hart a little bit. Um, Hopefully he gets his life together, (laughs) whatever he got going on. Um, And like you said, hopefully he doesn't saturate the market as much. Part of that is not his fault. Part of that is just like, what is everybody else doing? Yeah. (laughs) We're like. The pressure to stay on top, too. Yeah. Yeah. And the pressure to stay on top. It's like he he feels like he has to keep going, even though, like you said, he's made a ton of money. Like on paper, a lot of people really can't argue with the things he's done. Right. Um, And if people say you're not funny anymore, that's fine. Take the criticism. Get off Twitter. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, Again, all comments go through this. I'm sure people, people, people hate Dave Chappelle. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know I, mean? I mean, came for yeah. his head with them stand-ups with, you know, the, 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 came for his the, head. the transphobia, things like that. Like, like he, yeah, he takes it. He takes mm-hmm. the punches and he's still my favorite. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's still one of the funniest to do it. So I just hope again, he learned, he's learning from these situations and he can continue to do projects that might surprise us, you know, because again, he's that last stand-up also wasn't it, but like, that's okay. People have bad standups, and I just hope he's learning. Hopefully, <laughs> uh, from from all this experience, he can, you know, be quote unquote 
uh, on top in a non-saturated way. Like, let's give, again, it's time to start giving the little rails these shines. It's, start, it's time to start giving, you know, some of these other comedians time, uh, uh, screen time to, to do their thing, right? Um, so, again, fine movie. Uh, I do suggest, you know, uh, Fatherhood is a cooler to watch, again, because it exists. And I hope people just take the time out to watch it. It, it runs a little long, um, which is another one of my little, my grievances with the movie. But it's, in the nature of the movie, I wasn't too, too mad at it because it's not like bad pacing. It's just long. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the, the point about comedians, one of the biggest challenges for many comedians who have these, you know, these really peak periods, their apexes is maintaining a sense of longevity where you're performing at a high level all the time. And Kevin Hart's been doing it for quite a long time and his peak has been, you know, quite yeah. a while, but I think he's now at a crossroads to where we have to figure out what does the future look like for him mm-hmm. in the short term and the long term and what his place is going to be. But um, Netflix said apparently that, you know, in the first month, the movie is going to be watched by more than 61 million households so the, the oh, wow. reach is absolutely there which is kind of crazy to think about that you know as many people might see this story that's centered on a black father and a black daughter which is you know i think that's a reassuring thing and that's a positive thing to walk away with because it is it is supposed to be um at po- at points in time mm-hmm. um times throughout the film it's supposed to be a feel-good film to make you um i, I think have faith in in, in mm-hmm. what it's like to be a parent and in, in, in raising a child so um and they're all least, dark skin i forgot to yeah, mention that that's absolutely huge. yeah uh, yeah, I noticed that. I was like, "Oh, Deborah Irende's dark," and then yeah, it was just, they just did good. Uh, yeah, with the, with, yeah, definitely an important thing for sure. So if you checked out Fatherhood, hit us up. Let us know what you think. Let's transition. Talk about our next film. We got to talk about Pixar's newest release that just dropped on Disney Plus this last this last week. Luca. Wow. Luca, ah! that was hard to watch. You, uh, coming? We do not go anywhere near the surface. Got it? Everything good is above the surface. Walking, air, <gasps> the sky, clouds, the sun. Whoa, don't look at it. Just kidding. Definitely look at it. Have you ever gone to the human town? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of an expert. Today. Hmm? Hey, leave them alone. Hop on. Go start a club for losers. My name is Julia Marcovaldo. We underdogs have to look out for each other. What's under the dogs? <laughs> this is my dad. What do you think he kills with those? Anything that swims. in your head. A Bruno. Say, silencio Bruno. Silencio Bruno. Louder. Silencio Bruno. Silencio Bruno. Silencio Bruno. Silencio Bruno. Can you still hear him? Nope, just you. Good. Now hang on. Ah! Ah! Silencio Bruno. Ah! 
You do it now. Just say the thing. What's wrong with you, stupid <gasps> Now, Luca is directed by Enrico Casarosa, and it's written by Jesse Andrews and Mike Jones, and it's starring Jacob Trimbley, Jack Dylan Grazer, Emma Berman, Saverio Ramondo, Maya Rudolph, Marco Barrielli, Jack Gaffigan, Peter Sohn, Lorenzo Cresci, Marina Massaroni, and Sandy Martin. So definitely a stacked cast there. Um, again, this is Pixar's you know newest film that just debuted on Disney+. Plus. I think it was initially going to have a theatrical release when they were first announcing this in development quite a while ago, but we knew it was coming. They sent it straight to Disney+. Plus, Just like Soul this past December, they're, they're sort of on a streak of dropping Pixar movies exclusively on Disney+. Plus. Not sure how to feel about that. It's interesting developments there, but it is out now now available and it's 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 you know sort of ready to you know be viewed and watched across the world but luca's here um you know i, I can go ahead and start and just say that that you know for me luca is it's okay it's an okay movie i it's this is another movie that's kind of just like okay it, it's there it, it happened i watched it but honestly, it wasn't all that much that that really got me invested in the story, just to be honest. And mm-hmm. I found myself like, unfortunately, I found myself like checking my phone a little more than often that I would th- throughout this movie. And I'm just like, I might have benefited from a theatrical experience watching this. Like this might have been better in the theater. Maybe I could have given it my undivided attention. But even then, I don't know if it would have done all that much for me. Um I, you know, I don't really have that much to say about it, to be honest. Like it was fine. <laughs> it was it was just yeah. perfectly fine. But it's it's. It's one of the, for me, I, I think comparing it to other Pixar films is going to be on the lower end of the spectrum. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. how many more times I'll really ever watch this just because like the story in and of itself is it's, it's a, it's a meaningful story. And I, I like the, it's, you know, sort of exploring like a coming of age identity sort of story, exploring new territories, exploring the unknown, you know, sort of putting yourself out there. Definitely themes that, that can, you know, that, that we can relate to that are resonant, but the way that it was executed just wasn't all that thrilling to me. I wanted something that was a little bit more exciting especially after what we just saw with soul i was so mm-hmm. emotionally invested and, and, and engaged with soul because i felt like it was almost speaking to me at several times mm-hmm. and it's dealing with this big heady theme of life and death and purpose and all of these type types of you know themes and ideas that i think we think about all the time especially as we get older and that might have been that might have been the the, the the disconnect here. Soul, although it's obviously targeted towards a younger audience, targeted towards children, it has a very adult theme at the center of it. This one doesn't feel as adult as a movie like Soul. And it's getting, yeah. honestly, for me, it's getting harder and harder to relate to these Pixar movies, these animated movies. Like, mm-hmm. I can enjoy them. I can appreciate the artistry and the creativity behind it. But if there's not a theme that, that me as a grown man can relate to, then I don't know how much mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to walk away and enjoy it so um, occasionally i'm finding it a little bit more difficult to watch these movies and be like oh that was so good and like that spoke directly to me um and, and I, I wish there was just more there every everything is always on point with pixar movies the the animation is always on point it's gorgeous the voice acting is great there's some nice music the backdrops the sets and the design all of that stuff looks really really impressive but at the emotional center of it when it comes to the story it just didn't it just didn't grip me like i would hope that it would unfortunately mm-hmm. and uh it wasn't even that long of a movie so that's also kind of a little unfortunate because i'm like oh it's a it's an hour and 40 that's quick in and out but even then i just felt like it was just kind of going and i was just kind of along for the ride but never was fully engaged so a little disappointed by the end of it but again perfectly watchable 
it can be very entertaining depending on who you are. You might really enjoy this and it's not that much of an investment in terms of like your time. So um, if you're a big fan of Pixar movies, it's something to watch for sure, you know, to, to keep up with being like sort of in the Pixar universe and saying that you've seen all the films, but it's not, mm-hmm. it's not anything life-changing. It's not anything that's going to necessarily make you look inward about yourself because they probably could have took it further than they actually did. And, and mm-hmm. they kind of left, I think a lot of stuff on the table, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm, silencio Bruno. Um, <laughs> I am very disappointed in Luca. Uh, I knew I kind of felt deep down that there was that something was weird when it had only been six months uh, <laughs> since 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 Soul had came out because the focus was already weird. Uh, there was like marketing in the uh of of luca that just like felt didn't feel like it was all the way there like the push for soul was huge like the whole time and then they're like hey luca's coming out and then it's like crickets kind of a little bit right even though a lot of people i feel like are gonna end up watching this movie it's a pixar film but just the push um didn't feel as feel as good but uh luca is fine it's it's a it's a cute movie and it has its moments um of of again just cuteness just the just pixar the animation is way different from what i expected it looks more drawn to me than a lot of our recent more pixar movies where uh the lighting is different or it hits harder it looks more realistic like when you watch an incredibles and their hair is silky when it gets wet and shit like that um <laughs> i didn't i didn't get too much of that of the luca i did get more of a uh pixar always seeks t- to keep this animation with a slight hint of realism and luca yeah. animation Went straight cartoon kind of to me. Um, there was never like that. That oh my god, that that thing right there looks kind of real, but it's still a cartoon. Like I never really got that too much out of Luca. Um, but my problem problems I got a couple with the film are one. There's just so much that is not explained in this movie. Mm. Just so much that is not explained. Like uh, uh, this 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 isn't really a spoiler at all. But Luca. In his underwater life, just like shepherds fish or something like it never really is explained. Like, what do you do all day? (laughs) Like, we really don't know. Like, why are you just shepherding fish? Like, Mm. you know, like that was never explained. I I was like looking for a reason that that might be explained and it isn't. Um, And again, the the entire premise of the movie is there are these uh, mermaid like creatures. And when they go on the surface, they turn into humans. Why? Yeah, that that they why? they never they never dove into that. Why is that? <laughs> why can some people do it and other people can't? They just like got lucky. They just like were born with these random. We can turn into human powers. I thought there would be like somewhere in the movie. I thought there'd be like some history of a magician who enchanted the seas magician. or just some crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, Something. Like, yeah, I thought, I thought there would be like lore behind why this is happening and it never came nope. and then and then uh i guess uh, whatever just people just like kind of go with it <laughs> like we accept you i don't know uh there it just doesn't i don't know man they're just part of it i just wish things were explained like nothing was ever like yes that is why this happens or that is why this exists it was just if you watch Luca in a box, you can enjoy it. It can feel like, like, I feel like this would have been a good short. 
like a nice 30 minute short, maybe we'd enjoy it more because maybe you don't have to explain those things because it's a short. But if you give us an hour and 40 minute movie, I expect the world building to be better. Like mm-hmm. I, ex- I expect that to be explained. Something also happens at the end of the movie and it's like, you get to go do this. And it's like, yay. And it's like, really? Like for real? Like no supervision or nothing. Like that's it. Like the world is your oyster. Okay. Um, maybe that's the, maybe that, maybe that's the message, whatever. Um, my other problem with the movie this is probably like the worst Pixar villain of all time. I mean, oh, it was he was forgettable completely. He's like this like lanky dude who races well. <laughs> it literally was like Waluigi. They literally like copy and pasted Waluigi into a movie. Oh my god! Um, it was like <laughs> this is this is our villain, and he's just a bully. Like he's not like anything substantial, you know. Like it, and it's. I think what makes that frustrating is they've been like doing pretty decent with villains, like the the Incredibles two villain. Like they just it's just good ideas. Like they just have this has been having decent ideas when it comes to villains or like um, the way Inside Out goes through or the way Coco goes through. Like they just had they just had better ideas recently. And I don't know if this is rushed or if they had two different teams. Like if they had two different teams, maybe this team just wasn't the story team. Maybe it was just the drawing team. And that's this is what they came up with. Um, but for me, it just lacked the things that I love about the other Pixar movies and that's building these worlds that exist inside out you have to build this entire emotional (laughs) you know what I mean characters or uh fucking bugs life oh my god they built like a whole world where bugs exist and the villain is good and here in Luca they just didn't do that for me they 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 just make things up with no explanation. And then that's like, well, here's Luca. Um, I know it's not like I'm bashing on it. it. It really is a cute movie. Uh, but I think those things is what kept me out of the film from taking it to the level of a soul or of a, you know, anything else where soul, they spent time in the, what is it called? The afterlife. You know what I yeah. mean? Like we, we knew what that looked like. Like we knew why they were there. We knew what was happening. Um, and here in, in Luca, we just like, kind of don't know why things are happening. They just happen. Um, and, and, and if you, you can, I've, I've seen movies where they do that and it works. But for for Luca, for me, it just didn't work all the way. Um, but again, I enjoy like the little cute Italian nuances that happen. I enjoy, and even though I said it didn't look as realistic, I still love the artwork. It's still going to be beautiful. Like Pixar, I actually kind of love it. Um, the hand drawn things, uh, it, it just it, it looks good. Um, yeah, I just wish I got a little more explanation. But uh, again, not a perfect movie at all by any means. But it, it wasn't bad. I just wish they built the world build the world and allow me to be invested in that world because you spent time building it. They didn't. Um, and that is why Luca was disappointing to me. And especially with an original premise, there has to be a lot of work put into it. And we always want Pixar to continue to develop original stories. Cause that's what made them so famous in the first place. I know just a few years ago, they were having uh, quite a few sequels come out and, you know, the toy stories and the Incredibles and the finding mm-hmm. door. He's like these movies that were just like sequels, cars. And at a certain point, it's like, okay, well, we love those characters. Those are your iconic characters. But we also want new stuff, too, because that you're you're supposed to be the house of ideas, you know, new Mm -hmm. creativity, new characters, new creations, new worlds. That's always going to keep them fresh and innovative. And they typically still continue to do that on a very effective level. Like we look at Soul and Coco and, you know, those are just like those are really stellar achievements. And then you look 
like onward and Luca, and it's like yeah, it was okay, yeah, mm-hmm. fine. But what what did they do for me really? What were they yeah. really about? Like, but onward had much more of a central relatable story, even in that. Absolutely, film. You know, they mm-hmm. they didn't build the world in an incredible fashion. I would say, you know, like they didn't hear yeah. Luca, but that at least had a story where it's like by the end you could emotionally feel yeah, that you get it, story. yeah, you, you get, get it. it. But mm-hmm. this never got there. And I just I, I just don't think they took it far enough. Uh, there's even, you know, I, I read into this. I didn't catch this initially. This is a blind spot for me, admittedly. But, the, I, you know, I read into this that there was, a, you know, it appears in the film that this relationship between these two boys, Luca and Alberto, there's supposed to be some some LGBTQ IA plus implications that they might be two gay boys coming of age, you know, realizing their identities and their small nuances in the film mm-hmm. that kind of unpack that, that, you know, just the way that they, you know, sort of uh, admire each other, or the, their physical touch that they have with each other, certain things that mm-hmm. they imply, but they just never take anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like they don't mm-hmm. look into it. It's almost like a half-baked attempt to say, like, they might be gay, but we don't really yeah. want to overstate that or outright just mm-hmm. like announce it. And it just kind of feels weird because, again, I don't know if that was the initial intention or not. This is, you know, again, just conjecture. But if that's the case, if that's supposed to be something that people walk away understanding, like that these t- two boys might have affection for each other, like romantic mm-hmm. affection for each other, and they're coming to identify and understand their feelings and emotions in this coming of age story, then why not point to that and like yeah. show it to us? We we just talked about this with Loki, literally. So like, why not show it to us? And so mm-hmm. if that was a thing and they didn't go for it, that's that's a that's a shame. Honestly, it's just a big shame that they they didn't explore that more. It's so weird because I felt that while watching it, mm. but I, that they never leaned all the way in. I was like, because again, there was just little moments where, uh, again, a big part of the movie is them riding a, a bike or a Vespa. That's what it's called. The Vespa. And he was just the, the thought of them maybe hopping on the back of the Vespa was like one of those moments like, hmm, she'd be, you know, and that's it, really interesting that you mentioned that because I thought I was tripping, to be honest. I was like. <laughs> maybe I'm wild in here. And then right. you just brought it up. It was like, Oh, I guess I wasn't tripping. Other people think this too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting thought and something to, again, if that's an accident, then okay. You know, like you, they're just really good friends. Like we get it. Um, but if it wasn't, why not lean all the way in, you know, like, yeah. um, I, I don't, I don't understand that at all. Cause then that could have made a completely different film, you know? Um, like literally groundbreaking film, actually like oh. that is, was a, like a, yeah whatever yeah <laughs> whatever might be a missed opportunity for sure well let's go ahead and move on man those are our thoughts on luca if you checked it out on disney plus hit us up let us know what you think about that film let's talk about batman the long halloween part one i can't really be a lawyer and a criminal can i i want to win but do i want to win like this i'm of two minds here so it's a coin flip Johnny Vitti was murdered tonight. Falcone crime family has to be taken down. There's only room for one homicidal maniac in this town. Why are you running? You could use a little fun. I thought you didn't hurt people! You thought wrong. You still haven't figured out who killed Johnny Vitti? 
a killer who only works on holidays. There's lots of crazy out there. Once I take him out, things are gonna be different. We can start a family. The city has fallen, Alfred. And we must endeavor to lift it up again. Holiday and who's next? And again, this is the latest DC animated feature film that just released a uh, home video exclusively. And again, it's an, it's an adaptation from the popular comic book, The Long Halloween, one of the most famous Batman storylines ever. This film, Batman The Long Halloween Part 1, is directed by Chris Palmer, and it's written by Tim Sheridan. It's starring Jensen Ackles, Josh Jumel, and Naya Rivera, uh, the late Naya Rivera, in her last role um, before she tragically passed away unexpectedly last year. Um, but again, you know, this The Long Halloween, one of the most famous Batman storylines ever made, right? Mm -hmm. um, this film actually had an interesting history. Come to find out, as they were producing this animated feature film, the DC animated films are kind of in a state of transition now. When they released Justice League Apocalypse War um, last year, that was supposed to be sort of the end of like that phase of DC animated films, that timeline. They were going to reset it and restart it. This was actually supposed to launch sort of the new the new timeline. But instead, Superman Man of Tomorrow actually came out first for anybody who's seen that film that dropped about, I want to say, about a year ago at this point. Um, they were going to make this and have it launch and then it was going to be followed by Superman Man of Tomorrow. But it actually got shelved because because Warner Brothers didn't want to interfere with Matt Reeves film, The Batman, mm -hmm. which is going to be coming out next year. And the rumor from from a lot of us of what we've been thinking and what we've sort of seen in the you know first trailer was that he's going to be at least taking pieces of the long Halloween story and implementing into yeah. implementing it into his story and his film. Um, then they actually greenlit this film recently to go ahead and, you know, move through production because apparently Matt Reeves isn't really doing the long Halloween. He's probably taking certain things, but he's not straight adapting it, you know, as, mm -hmm. as we might've come to expect. So they allowed this animated film to come to fruition and be made. So here it is. This is part one. They're dropping part two, I think in August, just because of the, the depth and breadth of the story, it has to be a little bit longer and they would typically allot for maybe 80 or 90 minutes in an animated movie. But we have part one now. We'll be waiting on part two. But uh, go ahead and kick it over to you, man. Kick us off. What did you think about the long Halloween part one? It's really interesting that you actually brought up the Matt Reeves thing because the, I actually thought that's why they were doing this. Um, it's so people were familiar somewhat with the long Halloween story. That way when mm -hmm. Matt Reeves film comes out. <laughs> it would like still be fresh, but people understand elements of what's happening in that story too. So if Matt Reeves is really serious and that's, that's not happening, I think that's interesting. Um, one, one of the reasons is because uh, we know Christopher Nolan took parts of the long Halloween um, for the dark Knight, uh, mm -hmm. which I'll talk about in a second, but that's wow. I didn't know any of that. Okay. Um, so uh, when, what I love about Batman animated films is the attention that it always gives to detective work uh, because we don't always get to that in the films, right? Batman's just always kicking random ass. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's not always like the detective we expect him to be, you know? Sure. Um, and, you know, in uh, the long Halloween, of course, is one of Batman's famous and more important stories of all time for a couple of reasons. One, I guess is a, it, it's kind of a spoiler, but not long Halloween is fucking 20 years old, whatever. Uh, yeah, he, sorry. He loses. Batman loses. Very that is so. the, 
that is the point of the long Halloween mm-hmm. is Batman fails as a detective. And that is what makes it so damn good. That is like the long Halloween is it. You get to see the like pretty much the whole Rose Gallery and Batman catch, catches L's and it really fucks him up. Um, and that's what makes, again, the long Halloween so good. What also makes the long Halloween really good as a story. I'm not talking about uh, this specific project yet is the trio, right? Commissioner Gordon, Harvey Dent. Batman mm-hmm. slash Bruce Wayne. That is what also makes the long Halloween really good. There's this dynamic exploring each character, both separately and together. Um, again, which we, which, what I spoke about, that's what Christopher Nolan stole from long Halloween in the dark night. Literally part of the, part of the long Halloween is in the dark night because that's what the dark night is. Commissioner Gordon, Harvey Dent and Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Um, and, and those elements really, uh, again, being used as a vehicle to tell these stories um, or this story is just really good. It was really well done in the long Halloween. Um, and it is what it is. What also makes the long Halloween really well known is its art style, right? Tim Sale. I think it's Tim Sale, right? Yeah, Tim yes. Sale mm-hmm. uh, kills it. Like it, it looks really well done. I mean, his drawing is crazy. Um, if you haven't seen, just go Google the long Halloween, Tim sale. It's amazing. It it's crazy. Um, but yeah. So what I will say about this is, uh, the, the, the long Halloween part one is it stays very true to the long Halloween story. They do add a couple things, um, where like, they, they add a sequ- more sequences between Batman and Catwoman in some ways where I guess they just make them longer. Um, there's also some scenes, I guess those are spoilers, I'm not going to say those, but there's also some scenes that they just extend for bittersweet moments, right? Because some in, in some ways, there's, there's some scenes that just run long um, and you're like, damn, they still talking? <laughs> but, the, but there's other scenes where you're like, oh, I'm so happy they drew that out because they have the time to do so. And I think that's why I appreciate about The Long Halloween the most. It's the first time it's ever been adapted um, in, a, in an animated movie. And uh, they they attempt to do some new things, right? The art style's new, uh, which is which for some people is actually going to be bittersweet. First of all, comic fans are so obnoxious. Like... <laughs> Uh, you don't say, man. It's, <laughs> it's it's like a whole conversation to be had about like nostalgia and the effects of expectations. We've talked about it before, but like there's still a whole other conversation to be had, especially when it comes to comic adaptions. Because I did read some things, people like really f- are gonna hate the art style that happens just because it's not Tim Sale. Like mm-hmm. they are gonna be like, man, this is not it. Um, but I thought it looked fine, you know. Like I think it, it like Tim Sale wasn't. The person who did this, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's okay um, to attempt to give us some new uh, animation when it comes to things like this. And so it's weird that people, in my mind, it's, it's it, if you're going to complain about it, don't be obnoxious, you know? Like, I can see people being like, I didn't like the animation style that much. Do that. <laughs> Just say that. That's fine. Okay. That's cool, too. Um, but again, I, I do appreciate the long Halloween. I think, again, very true, faithful to the story. Uh, get straight to the point. This this one is rated PG-13, which is cool. The second one's rated PG, uh, rated R, which I'm excited about. Hopefully we see some crazy shit. Um, <laughs> but it 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 just it's it's just good, man. I think I think it was well done. It's not perfect. Part of that is the nature of the first part of the story for me. Um, that's just not the second part, which is like, oh, let's go. Um, and I I also think they're going to throw a wrench at us in the second part. If you know the the, the story of the Long Halloween you know what happened. So I think they're, I think they're going to throw a wrench um, in it because they did the kind of the same thing with Batman hush. They throw a little wrench in there that like, 
everyone's expecting this to happen, but this happens. Um, so I'm hoping they do that. That way, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Kind of how I did in this one. I kind of knew exactly what was going to go down. Um, and it was a fine watch, man. Simple as that. It's a fine watch. I think I think the second part would be amazing. Uh, but yeah, that's the long Halloween part one for me, man. It was it was good. I, I enjoyed myself. Um, it was dark. There were some little animation things I thought were weird, but that's me nitpicking. Uh, again, uh, other than that, I I think they did a good job. I'm excited for part two. Yeah, you, the the DC animated films have somewhat of a spotty history. You know, sometimes they're really really good and they adapt storylines, popular storylines that lots of comic fans know. And it's like, okay, yeah, they did a good job, but their history is sometimes just not been the greatest when it comes to that type of work. And uh, I think coming into this, you know, knowing the Long Halloween and how famous that story is and how you know, important it was to the character of Batman. And on top of the fact that, you know, we're, we're huge Batman fans. You want this done justice. You want this to be serviced in, in the proper way. And I think, yeah, part one, it did a good job. It sets the table for everything that's to come really in part two. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is very faithful. Um, and I think that they learned their lessons from like past iterations of not straying away too far. Like you can add a few new things here and there, but mm-hmm. don't get crazy. Um, looking at you killing Joe. Cause they did some, some just, <laughs> Over ridiculous things yeah. Yeah, that nobody expected, but they mostly stayed faithful here. What I really appreciate about the long Halloween, you talked about the relationship between Gordon Dent and Batman and how central that is to the story and how that's really used to, to sort of dissect and unpack what it means to be a hero in Gotham and what a hero looks like. Cause we're looking at it from a, a police perspective and then more of a, a, a government official perspective. And then obviously a vigilante perspective and on, you know, on top of that, the, the, the relationship to the criminal under, world is such a big piece of it right like we're looking Mm -hmm. at the Maroney family and the Falcons and just like how this criminal underworld in Gotham um, works. And they, they, you know, the long yeah. Halloween was very much inspired by the works of, you know, the Godfather, Francis Ford Coppola, all of that type of stuff, mm-hmm. examining the families and the mafia and all of that. And we saw also to, to, to everything you mentioned about the dark Knight, Chris Nolan also infused a lot of that storytelling in that film as well. And that's another reason as to why it worked so good. Dark Knight's damn near long Halloween, just with, you know, flat out just Joker, you know? And so yeah. um, I, I think I, I love seeing, that just unpack and unfold here as well i really like that we're diving into that mature aspect and mm-hmm. yes there's the rogues gallery that's always there and always present and we have this you know this mystery killer and you know all of this stuff that's uncertain but we also get just these criminals that are just like they're just gangsters that's it like that that's kind of like yeah they're, they're just there like these are people that we would see in real life also you know so I, I really appreciated that about it but uh yeah man it was good it was good i i, I don't have much more to add to it than that but mm-hmm. i am ready for the second part to see how it oh, all yeah. concludes and how they do with that you know adapting that that side of the story the one thing that i am curious about though is just like you know we're starting to see them dive more into the territory of like this part one part two structure because they initially mm-hmm. did it with the dark knight returns animated film yeah. they decided to do a part one and part two because that is also another really dense story for batman and so they wanted to do it justice by giving it more than one part they did did it also recently with the death of superman they actually redid that because that was their first animated movie back in 07 mm-hmm. it was like ah 80 minutes really isn't enough to do the death of Superman and also, mm-hmm. you know, the return of Superman. So they did a part one and part two for that. We're doing the same thing here. I'm, I'm just, you know, I don't, do you think that that's the right method? Like, is it, is it, does it make sense to, to split this up? Why not release it as one long film? Like why not give us a, you know, maybe a two and a half hour animated movie of just the mm-hmm. long Halloween instead of doing a part one and part mm-hmm. two, or could they perhaps explore 
maybe a limited series, maybe do like eight episodes mm. of an series that just unpacks this and really dives into it. If, if the yeah. story justifies that, if the length is justified to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it just depends on the story, uh, especially everything you named is like big in DC. And I think they're scared not to do it justice that they were like, let's just do two. Or, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, we just got to give it time. Um, I think that show idea, I'm not sure that's an idea they've had, um, to be honest, like, because I think that's genius uh, mm-hmm. because we do get a lot of those stories in, in Batman, the animated series, you know, back in the nineties and things like that. So it's like, I just don't think, I'm just not sure they're thinking about that. Like a long, like can you imagine a long Halloween short series? You know, 30 mm-hmm. minute episodes, maybe like eight to ten episodes. I think that it would it would do great. It's like why not do that? But again, I just don't think it's something they're thinking about right now because they know they dominate the animated space so much. I think that's just their first go to. Like I don't sure. even think they were like let's do a TV show. I think they were just like nope, it's long Halloween two part movie, and let's go through with that. Like I don't think anybody was like raise their hand and the exec board <laughs> was like hey guys i think we should do a show you know yeah. and i think that's the only reason they don't do it that's why we need to be in the room jordan no um <laughs> but 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 really though i uh, i really do think that's the reason um and i hope they do start to think more like that right because the proof is in the pudding and we have things like young justice that exists like if if this i'm telling y'all this is like one of the greatest cartoons of all time like it's if so you great. can like if you can take something like that and make that as good, imagine a classic story like the long Halloween. Imagine a 10 episode, the death and return of Superman. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like you can, they, you can start to do these things. Um, But also I think the precedent is maybe also just being set like things like, Again, Young Justice just happened. Castlevania, we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. Just happened. Things, you know what I mean? Invincible. Mm-hmm. Like these things yeah. are kind of these these like shorter, really good animated stories are kind of just happening. So maybe it's something for them in the future to not only consider but to you know eventually go through with. So that's what I think. Yeah, that that's exactly kind of where my head is at. Is I think I'm I'm really in a place, not even just with these, but just in everything we consume, movies, TV. Mm-hmm. I'm just really thinking about the way that we receive these things, and I think we still kind of work off of old, sort of antiquated ways of like how we receive our content and how they think we yeah. receive, you know, different TV and films and all of this type of stuff. And it's like, well, things are so much more flexible now. You can do a lot more. You know, it doesn't have to be this. It doesn't have to be confined to this. 80 minute home video animated movie. Like how many people are buying this? Like, really? Like mm-hmm. how many people are renting the long Halloween? I think, uh, you know, as diehards will always, you know, make sure that we watch this stuff. And always, I, I just, I wonder like, would it be more advantageous on a streaming network, mm-hmm. HBO max? I mean, I know they're right. doing that Batman animated series uh, mm-hmm. with um, Matt Reeves and JJ Abrams. Right. But again, could they have not maybe explored, Again, like you mentioned, limited series, 30 minute episodes or 30, yeah, 30 minute, 10 episodes, just like boom in and out. Why not? You know, it's just just like a one shot. So I'm just curious if they'll dive into that territory. But you I think you make a great point that we're starting to really explore that and kind of play with that idea with Mm -hmm. a lot of these new animated shows. So I think we might see some more creativity on the horizon really soon here, hopefully Um, for sure. So definitely something to look forward to again. 
part two will be out in August. So we'll definitely talk about that when that comes. But if you checked out part one, definitely hit us up and let us know what you think. Let's go ahead and transition. Get away from the movie space for a little bit. We're going to talk about some music, y'all. It's been a minute. We got to recap some music. It was a big, big mm-hmm. music week. A lot of stuff dropped. But before we get to the specific albums that dropped, let's talk about the BET Awards. I know you checked that out a little bit yesterday. I forgot it was on, to be honest with y'all. But the BET <laughs> Awards did happen yesterday. The annual BET Awards it went down, um, as usual, in Los Angeles, California. A lot of big, epic performances happened. I know I did see some clips on Twitter of some you know, specific things that went down. But uh, yeah. any thoughts on the BET Awards and what happened last night? Yeah, man. Uh, BET Awards is always bittersweet, right? Because uh, one reason is BET Awards is our attempt to um, be be recognized in the in the gaze of blackness, you know, because when we go we go to the Grammys and we always get cheated. And we always think part of the reason because the board is fucking bullshit and there are a bunch of white people and people get put in urban categories all the time made up and, fucking categories yeah and fucking kendrick lamar loses and to fucking macklemore and beyonce Jesus loses Christ. to adele and all these things just 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 happen and so you know the B, the bet awards has always again attempted to fill that void but they they've always had this problem with the production never matches the grammys like as much as we hate what actually happens on the award side of the grammys the production side of the grammys uh historically just had been good you know really big uh musical set pieces and really good performances and uh the bet awards just had never reached that you know um and kind of they kind of repeated this year in, in a couple different ways a lot of the set pieces were good that we've seen um, but it's always, it can never, the consistency just is never there. Um, one thing about the B2 awards that's always been really weird is first and foremost, the fashion people don't have no idea what to wear to the awards. I mean, mm-hmm. you got people looking like camp over here on one side, like p- some people are at the Met Gala. Other people is at the country music award. Like there just be a lot going on on the red carpet. Um, and you know, a, a lot of people talking about on Twitter yesterday. It's like, why don't you just do a theme every year? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because mm. at this point, mm-hmm. at this point, you might have to. It's like, yeah. why not? Um, again, because fashion, again, is a big part of our culture. And I think if you have one of those things, that's not the Met Gala. That's not the Grammys. That's not, you know what I mean? It can add some pizzazz to the award show itself because it's just us. It's just black people. And to be order, in, in, uh, in order to, you know, be able to showcase our creativity, especially in the fashion space, this might be a good time to do it. Um, so I think if you have a theme, I think it could heighten the BET Awards in general. So uh, I think that's a good idea. Um, but uh, from, a again, a, a musical slash production standpoint, it was a fine show. Um, it's, it's decent to see, again, just black artists um go crazy it's always weird kind of the things that happen um where like six silk sonic wins like best group or something with one song or i'm not even Wait, sure that did was that really happen did no they, they won the group? bro they they won over like chloe and hallie and all these people with like four what? albums <laughs> yeah no ridiculous right oh my god absolutely insane and then uh, Jasmine Sullivan wins the best album for an EP because Hotels is not an album. She even she even came out and said that she doesn't like it being called an album because it, it puts too much pressure on it. So it's wow. really an EP. Yeah. And she won best album again over Hallie and Chloe, who won nothing for the, like the entire night, um, which 
I I still have many questions about. People are like kind of arguing back at me. So like, you don't think Jasmine Sullivan deserves it? That's not what I'm saying. I'm a huge <laughs> Jasmine Sullivan man. All I am saying is that we have to be more clear about the projects that we are putting out. Yeah. The album sonically sounds different than an EP. Jasmine Sullivan had, if you if you actually break down how many songs Jasmine Sullivan had on her album, it's really like six. Yeah, it's very Every, short. Everything else is skits, right? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, that's fine. It's great. It's amazing. But Chloe and Halle had like 13 tracks. A body like, of work. Um, yeah. A body of work. And, uh, and I'm just trying to figure out you know, like how this is happening. Jasmine Sullivan, we love her. She comes on stage after winning the awards. It's like she deserved it, but didn't. And I hate to say it like that, but it's like she did deserve it because she's she needs recognition for sure. But it, it just felt really weird um, in the uh, by way of the awards. Uh, moving on to performances, man. The baby is trash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You just came out the gate just instantly. He's trash. It's yeah, over. We, need, we need to have this conversation where uh because even the the performance wasn't good because the music isn't good like, mm. everything he he's putting out just sounds the exact same we can only bop so many times we can only bop so many times like eventually you got to give it something new and it's frustrating for artists like the baby because he does actually have a decent flow but because the the beats are the same he chooses the same producer we're going to get the same thing um Somebody actually just spoke about this on Twitter. It's a genius point. They think the the it isn't the production of the show that's actually down. It's the talent that exists in the market that's also down. Um, I kind of went on the rant about this too, um, where well uh, there was there was like a video of Michael Jackson and James Brown going back and forth. Who is doing what Michael Jackson and James Brown doing today? That ain't Beyonce and Bruno Mars. Like. It's just an unreasonable expectation to think that anybody is going to yeah, do but like, that. Of course that, but like, think about like just the talent level that exists, you know, like there's still a threshold and people in some ways aren't even like trying to grab it. They're just like, yeah. eh, everything is fine. It's a, it's a lack of star power almost really. Exactly. Too. Yeah. Exactly. Like we, we, no. we only have like a few of these. Well, uh, yeah. Like a lot of these black stars have just, decided to stop going for whatever reason i, I don't i don't know truly the motivation mm-hmm. behind that if it's just uh, sort of a dissatisfaction with bet or i, I don't know I, I really don't know but to your point like the talent of it and j- just also the lack of star power like a lot of new up-and-coming talent you know approach these things and they have to still grow into becoming artists they, they don't have it all right. figured out on their first second third project like it exactly. it takes a long time to get to that level so that's a that's a, a great and interesting thing to think about Yep, and I get, like you said, it's the star power, man. If we really want to take uh, BET Awards seriously, people got to show up. You, the Beyonces have to be there. The Rihannas right. have to be there. Kendrick has to be there. You know what I mean? Cole, Drake, like these people need to be in the building to 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 create the ambiance and you know uh, you know make the room feel good. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Make it feel like it's worth being at um, because you know if that doesn't happen, then you know, whatever. Um, they did a DMX tribute. Uh, it was actually really good. It was, um, I'm trying to remember who it was. It was, uh, was Swiss there? Cause I know he was in Swiss LA. was there. Yeah. Yep. Swiss was one. Oh, uh, Griselda performed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was, um, uh, Michael K Williams does like this monologue. Oh, it was so good actually. Uh, oh, it I was really that. fire. 
Yeah, bro. It was really good. Like he comes out with the DMX voice. He had on his camo pants with the black tank top with the yudders on. No, I, I really thought it was DMX for a second. I was like, who's it? Uh, but that was really good. Um, and again, Method Man was there too, mm-hmm. uh, commemorating DMX. Honestly, I wish it was longer. That was probably the best part of the show for me beyond, we'll talk about Tyler in a second, but beyond Tyler's performance, that's probably definitely the best part of the night. Uh, that's low-key while I was there. I was like, I just want to see the, the DMX tribute. <laughs> right. And we got and then we got some trash ass the baby performance where he couldn't even keep up with his own audio track. <laughs> Whatever. Um <laughs> uh, but also Cardi B announced her second pregnancy. Crazy. Yep. Uh, that was big, big, uh, big moment. Big news. Yeah, big moment. I wasn't expecting that. Because she uh, performed with the Migos, right? Like the Migos had yeah. a performance, she came out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um and Megan Thee Stallion won a couple things, of course, as she always does. Uh, yeah, it's just great to see Blackness. Taraji P. Henson was the host of the night. She is just, she's just great. She's Taraji P. Henson, man. She really is amazing. Uh, every time, she she just always has something to talk about as the host. And that was really nice. Like, there was a moment where she was, like, twerking one-on-one. And it was like, <laughs> we this started in Africa. And she, like, had, like, uh, and she was, like, she was just dropping knowledge, like, the whole night. Or she was giving... Um, um, homage like the entire night to like Erica Badu and things like that. The other reason I was there was a Lifetime Achievement Award given to Queen Latifah. Huge moment. Um, Queen Latifah was crying. It was great. Uh, wow. but it, they had MC Light. Uh, who else was it? It was MC Light. Oh, Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. I'm missing. I'm missing two people, but yeah, it was it was a really good performance too. Um, just to, oh, Lil Kim, duh. Um, to 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 showcase again how amazing Queen Latifah has been. Um, that was a really good moment because she really is a beast, bro. Uh, and people like we we always like appreciate her, but it, it was good to see her be appreciated, like for real, for real. Get the um, flowers, soon. get them flowers. Yeah, it was it was really nice. Um, and I hope we continue to do so because man, I don't even know like what this looks like without Queen Latifah, to be honest. Like, in my mind, I'm like, I have no idea what this looks like. Uh, it's crazy. Yep. But beyond that, we, we got to talk about Tyler, man. Oh, yeah. Of course. Tyler, the creator's performance. He comes out and he does Lumberjack with a very, it's like a both complicated and simple set piece at the exact same time. Like, I mean, there's what? Trees in the back. There's a house. <laughs> uh, Rolls Royce pulls up. <laughs> and... There is just a big ass wind machine, and I think a was a turn a turn buckle turn belt. Um, yeah, on the yeah that he was walking on to give the illusion of like yeah being blown away, but he's still exactly. trying to like move forward. Yeah, hey, so good, man. This boy got bars. Uh, we'll talk about his album here in a sec, but just the performance in general, it's just good. Um, I think you know Tyler understands simplicity while like adding that one that wrench in there right and like again it was a beautiful set piece it was really simple but that wind blowing that was the wrench it's like he's rapping against the wind the entire time it's just really good um and he he gets it man Tyler just gets it because it not only it not only fits the song it literally fits the entire album it yeah. just works right it just works Tyler gets it and I appreciate him for that for sure and he put in a lot of effort into that you you could just see the 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 idea and the artistry unfold and sort of sit there in awe as like an audience member and just kind of watch and be like, wow, this this guy knows what he's doing. He has a vision and he executes it very clearly because this also still feels in alignment with everything that he's else, everything else that he's done, you know, to roll out mm-hmm. this brand new album. It's very much in alignment with his other video 
videos and the songs. And like you mentioned, the themes, you know, that sort of exist throughout the album. And then you see just, you know, the, the, the house or the hut that was in the background. It just like completely mm-hmm. blew away. And I was just like, how the hell did they do I that? know. Like, it's so good. I'm like, this is some real Wizard of Oz. Like, I don't know where I'm like, at type uh, of shit. It's crazy. Like Twister at Universal Studios. Yeah. Yeah. Literally yeah. like a theme park ride. Because you feel mm-hmm. like it's it's such a... It's such a visceral experience and the imagery is so so striking. You feel like you are there, like watching this unfold and it looks so real, you know, but mm-hmm. it is a simple thing. Like the song is two minutes, you know, so he's not even out there for a ton of time. It's just him and one other person who I think he was the driver in the Rolls Royce. Like it was just them yeah. two on stage. So didn't require a ton of choreography and backup and all of that stuff. But you can tell that it was like a lot of work and thought put into it. So, yeah, just just great, great shit from Tyler for sure. Absolutely, man. But yeah, I think that's all I have to say about the BET Awards, man. I just hope, and, and this is years in the making that we, you know, we've been hoping that the production of the show goes up and that people, again, rappers and artists, uh, you know, actually start showing up uh, because, you know, we just, it's our night. But mm-hmm. you know, that's why I've been criticizing it so hard. I didn't even watch last year because I knew kind of what was going to happen. Um it was it, again it's interesting because you see like the artists winning are never the best artists it's like so yeah. where is everybody it's, it's like what's it's like what's going on um so yeah really really weird state of music right now i think it's going to go up because the pandemic is ending people can tour so a lot of music is about to come out as we see and we're about to talk about here in a sec but it's it's just really weird man really weird i'd love so. for us to to rally around the BET Awards again because they definitely used to be a cultural touchstone. Like it was absolutely really really important to watch that show. And mm-hmm. I, you know, even beyond BET, and we we know the some of the challenges that might exist with them. But award shows are just, I mean, the state that they're in across the board. It's obviously an antiquated thing to do. People are mm-hmm. just less interested in watching celebrities get continuous praise uh but i i do think it's important we talked about that on the show here from you know when we were examining stuff like the oscars or the golden globes like it's important to be recognized by your peers like the people within your industry like that that there should be a night to celebrate that and i think it's Mm -hmm. fun also for fans to watch that so hopefully we get more uh more importance placed on specifically this bet awards in the future so we'll see but since we mentioned it man let's go ahead and get into this music we got some albums to talk about tyler the creator Call Me If You Get Lost. He just dropped his seventh album this past week. A Gangsta Grills production. If you ever heard one, it's back. Gangsta Grills <laughs> from our childhood has made uh, the most unpredictable return. Uh, did not see this coming, but when he dropped Lumberjack, everybody was looking at each other like, are we about to get a, a Gangsta Grills tape? Like, is this really about I'm to happen dead. with Tyler, the creator in 2021? It happened, y'all. Call me if you get lost. Um, let's dive into it, man, and talk about our thoughts. I, I can go ahead and start since you talked about yeah. the BET Awards and such death, man. Fucking love this album. It's amazing. Yeah. It's phenomenal. It's incredible. I expected it to be so because it is Tyler the Creator. He is one of my favorite artists mm-hmm. and one of the few people that I know and I can say confidently, like I've been following this man pretty much his entire career. And I've loved pretty much everything along the step of the way. I don't think he's made a bad project yet. And mm-hmm. that's really hard for anybody to do 10 years, 11 years into their career to put out so much work, seven albums. Plus, he, you know, he worked on that Grinch soundtrack a while ago and that was even really good and it's just like this guy is just reaching new levels of creativity and ideation and just just really confident execution of his ideas and i'm just so happy to see that continuously happen and i always love the moment where 
you know, he'll drop an album and everybody's like, damn, Tyler's like really good, y'all. Like <laughs> he's really good. And then we forget about him for a while. Well, I don't forget about him, but a lot of people forget about him for a while. And then right. two years rolls around and the next album comes that comes out. And it's like, damn, Tyler's really, really good, y'all. Like he continuously yeah. just makes a case every time out. Like we should be talking about this dude all the time, just as much as we talk about anybody else, the Coles, mm-hmm. the Kendricks, the Drakes. Whoever. Absolutely. We should be talking about Tyler just as much because what he has that most rappers do not have is the ability to create something from scratch. And it is his mm-hmm. vision 100% of the time. Yeah. When we say 100%, we mean it. Like this man is rapping, producing, mixing, arranging every single step of the process mm-hmm. from the music to the, the artwork to the video production to the performances and the tours to the whole aesthetic like that is that man taking ownership of his vision and giving it to the world and he mm-hmm. he did that again absolutely on this album bringing in the gangster grills dj drama influence of it all him pointing back to the tweet he made like 11 years ago saying i'm gonna do this one day and he fucking did it like and he did it yeah. at probably the time that we needed it the most. Like, you don't even think like, oh, damn, man, I really like a DJ drama style tape now. But it's like, <laughs> oh, we absolutely need this. Like, we need to think about those those previous mm-hmm. eras. Like, when we're living in an era of verses of giving artists their flowers, especially rappers, yeah. the young Jeezys and the Waynes and all these different people that were so important to our upbringing and our coming of age story. We're at that place where hip hop has reached the stage of longevity now. Like we're in, mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of an unprecedented territory where artists are sticking around for longer than we may have anticipated because it's always been noted as a young man's game. You probably yep. got two, three good years in hip hop and then you phase out. The next people come yep. along. But now we're at the point where it's like, no, that's not really the case anymore. Like you might not mm-hmm. be as hot as you used to be, but you can be a Rick Ross and have your lane. You can mm. be, you know, legitimately, you know, sort of a legend that just pops in occasionally and does some incredibly creative shit Pharrell's an anomaly so that's you know that's an example but you know Uh, you get what I'm saying Um, Mm -hmm. Tyler 10 years 10 plus years at this point this album is just it's so great I mean I obviously have to continue to listen to it to see where like where it'll end up falling but it it's it's in the I think it's in the top half for sure when we're talking about Mm -hmm. the Igors and the Flower Boys like Mm-hmm. It's it's in that half as opposed to the bottom half. But again, I don't think he's made bad work at all. I love all of his projects. And I'm just so happy that this delivered because we we needed it. We needed it for sure. Man, I got a question. Uh-oh. Who is the artist living and breathing right now today that is as close as Kanye West? <sighs> his name is Tyler the Creator, bro. It has to be. It has, Tyler the creator, bro, it has to be. It has to be. Does it all? Tyler the Creator fucking does it all. You just said it. He raps. He literally. He he produces. He writes. He what doesn't this man do? Um, he's just. Oh my god, I, I, the consistency of Tyler the Creator is so admirable, man. I mean, when I say an album every two years. It literally is 2011 Goblin, 2013 Wolf, 2015 Cherry Bomb, 2017 Flower Boy, 2019 Igor, 2021 Call Me If You Get Lost. I don't know anybody more consistent than that almost mm-hmm. ever. And it's always spring or summer. Like, like we know time. we we can literally predict that in 2023 <laughs> is when the next Tyler the Creator album is going to come out because that's yep. just how consistent he is. Um, and that entire time, He's working like that whole time, you know, he's working. Um, 
one of my thing, one of my favorite things about Call Me If You Get Lost, one is this is his most intimate album. He talks about things on this album about himself that he's never said in a lot of the other albums. Maybe, I mean, now maybe he's in a place that feels comfortable. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's in a place where he just feels like he needs to get it off his chest. But he, the, the stories and the things he talks about in Comics We Get Lost, he's never talked about before. Um, and it's like, damn, dude, after seven albums, we still learning about who you are is really insane to me. Uh, another thing I love about this entire thing this man literally, I'm telling he just watched the Grand Budapest Hotel and was like, I'm gonna go make everything <laughs> based off the Grand Budapest Hotel. Like it's all gonna be a Wes Anderson movie. Just it's all a Wes Anderson movie. Like allow other people's art that's not necessarily music to influence yours and then still make it your own. Yeah. Who he he does that so well, bro. Like when I'm even the BT performance, we're watching him get out of the the di- Rolls Royce pull up. Black boy, hop out. It's literally what happened. <laughs> it's literally an old-ass Rolls, yep. an old-ass Rolls Royce, and the black boy hops out. Um, And he even got the little, the little, I don't know what to call him, the, the caddy bellhop. He even got oh, the yeah, bellhop yeah. from Grand Budapest Hotel. Or he, like, will release him on a train trying to order food like the Grand Budapest Hotel. It's, like, so good to me. I can't explain it, but it, it, it's, like, it's like he's merging my love for movies with my love for music so well that like right. it like makes me mad how good it is. It's like <laughs> damn, like why don't other people do this all the time? Like it happens every now and then, but people will only commit to a video. He couldn't he commits to the entire aesthetic, the process. Like, the yeah. entire process, man. If you watch like the Juggernaut video, it's so ridiculous and it's so good. First of all, the beat switch is crazy and he starts Woo! rapping. But this, it's like this nigga shirtless on a big ass monster truck. It's like a <laughs> Rolls Royce monster truck. What the fuck is going on, Tyler? We don't know, but it's good and it's yeah. entertaining. And the uh, every, I just didn't expect him to get better, and then he did. Yeah, because Ego and Flower Boy for me are there's those are it. But even when you're like listening to Wolf, you're like, this nigga is good. Like Goblin is cool to me. Goblin was like, eh, he's cool. But Wolf, I was like, oh, this boy might be on to something. Cherry Bomb, that's when he that's when he becomes a producer, producer. For sure. And then, and then Flower Boy and Igor, it's like, I thought it was peak maturity for him. I was just like, this is it. And then Call Me If You Get Lost happens. And he's just like, DJ Drama? What? <laughs> like you had you have more ideas um <laughs> it's, it's i love it man i really do love tyler the creator i think um i've, I've always i've been a fan for a long time man uh pro- probably since bastard when bastard dropped um is yeah. when i knew i was a tyler fan for sure but this is it's just good it's good to have consistency in a game that no longer has it like we we have been waiting for Cole to drop for so long. He finally dropped. It's like, damn, why are you so late? Kendrick, I'm I love bro. You know that's like my favorite rapper ever. Kendrick fucking Lamar. But nigga, where are you? Like, mm-hmm. come on, bro. Like, we're waiting. Like, and and Tyler, just the consistency is just too good. I lo- I really love this album, man. He he knows how to like throw in old feeling songs. Like when you listen to What's Your Name, it feels like a 90s. Ja Rule joint. You know what I mean? Like it feels like, damn, this is just it felt great. Um, and he knows he knows how to pull out the little Wayne verse every time. He always gets the best Wayne. Bet Pete Wayne every single time. Like, how does he do this? I, it's like 
Cherry Bomb, Flower Boy. Now call me if you get. I'm just like, yeah, Wayne. Wayne is there. He's back. He's in it's true. Like he form. knows. Yes, like he knows. I haven't figured it out. Um, and again, another thing I love about Tyler is, uh, I get. I just talked about it. His influence is just so loud, but still so much his. Like you can tell, he loves Pharrell. You yeah. just know, like in the music, you can hear it. You're like, bro, them chords are crazy, but it's still Tyler. It's never Pharrell. You just know it's Tyler. I can't, again, I can't explain it all the way, bro. I just know sonically that I understand Tyler <laughs> and I feel like he understands me. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but he he's amazing, man. Uh, and yeah, I love how he's un- unapologetically him all the time. He never... He never once cuts out anything for a label or he never once cuts out anything. If it sounds good to him, that's what he does. And he never he never takes the backseat. And I'll I'll always cherish that in in an artist, man, because that's literally what he does um, through and throughout. So, man, call me if you get lost is the shit. Uh, It's a good time. And. Yeah, man, I can't. I can't wait to see it in person. Long story short, yeah, yeah, the the, the tour, the performance is going to be insane. Uh, yeah, he's he's truly an exceptional talent. I think we we really we really should acknowledge acknowledge Tyler, y'all. Like, really, it's it's worth it, and you won't be dissatisfied if you if you dive into the the journey that he's been on with his music. And I want to I want them to um I want them to re up and do another uh, Tyler and Funk, Funk Funk Flex interview because what he did with Flex on Hot ninety seven two years ago. <laughs> in the promotion for Igor was the most hilarious shit I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I hope he goes back to high 97, but yeah, love call me. If you get lost, I know we're going to be bumping it for a long, long time to come. Let's talk about another album that just dropped Doja cat. Just dropped Planted Her, her third uh, studio album, I believe, um, which just dropped this past week, which was uh, definitely something that was anticipated for sure. I got a chance to listen to a little bit of it. I haven't finished it okay. yet, so I got to finish it, but definitely got a chance to check some of it out. Uh, this woman's talented, for sure. That Lots of talent good. behind Doja Cat, which is it's interesting because you know she i think i think already in a short amount of time has come a long way just from like when mm-hmm. we first saw her a few years ago like when she really exploded onto the scene and like the social media stuff was really huge for her, the tiktok and the, you know all of that the you know the stuff that really you know got her in in the forefront of, of public consciousness to where she really is now and like developing into her own true artist and like putting out projects you know full bodies of work that are being respected and like actually talked about in a in a positive way so i you know i've liked what i've heard i got about halfway through it i still want to finish it but uh definitely impressed so far this is this is really the first full project of hers i've I've dove into i've um heard songs of course you know you i think it's inescapable but this is like the first thing that i'm really like investing time into just because i did hear so much positive stuff especially like from you too so i'm like let me get us a listen and so far so so good to me so i like it i like it for sure hey so for me even though doja's late to the game she's like the woman half of tyler like <laughs> and and i'm gonna tell you why first and foremost the visuals she is she also just gets it to where she understand. She's so creative that she just does whatever the hell she wants. Like, um, because if you watch the videos, any Doja Cat video, really, you can see her creativity through and throughout. One thing I don't like about Doja, this is funny because it has nothing to do with Doja, is people put her in a box, and they never say when when people bring up who's the best female rappers like around. No one ever says Doja Cat, and this girl got bars. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's really weird because 
for a minute, people kind of put Tyler in that box too. Where like, even though he is a rapper, people never look, say like, he's a rapper. You know, does that make sense? Like, because their music is so expressive and not confined again to the box that exists in in in, in hip hop that it's they people have a hard time placing them so they they'll never say they're rappers but they are Tyler mm-hmm. got bars and Doja Cat got bars and she's literally uh she's she's one of the best female rappers alive because you have to listen you you just got to go listen listen to the music um and you're here uh I really love Doja I've been around Doja since she dropped Amala in 2018 mm-hmm. um eventually I hope I've been calling it the Doja Dojo for her fan base it hasn't <laughs> caught on yet but I can't wait until it does I've been mm-hmm. saying this for a long time like when people be like oh my god I think I like Doja Cat I always say welcome to the Doja Dojo um because she really is a beast man uh but this album uh it actually surprised me because um because you know hot pink was good but it wasn't it didn't like blow my socks off mm-hmm. um like i thought it would and then here we are with planet her and it's just it's just good it's just it's more tracks than we expect first of all because nowadays we are, we're all doing what nine to 14 you know track albums yeah uh, planet planet her is 19 on the deluxe uh, and it, it it's just good, man. What's interesting about her is she has a pop bag again, which is probably what confuses people. She has a pop bag and then she has like this random I got bars for days bag <laughs> that she could hop into. And in this album, she constantly does both, but so well that I think it's like, damn, you can really do both of these things. At the same time, that's what that's the Tyler thing, right? People are like, damn, you can make an earthquake. Like, yeah, I think it's Tyler the creator. Of course, you can make an earthquake. So um, I really love Planet Her, man. I can't wait to see more videos that come out of this because they're they're all very good already. Um, Again, she she just does what she wants. And I appreciate that for her. Uh, And I hope to see more, man. That's she's great. Yeah, I mean, as long as long. As long as that consistency can keep up too, you know, that that's another big piece of it that we always talk about, just like consistency and putting out the mm-hmm. projects, just like we talked about with Tyler. Like you continue to put out good stuff and just build that over time. The the you know, the 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 acknowledgement and the respect will come for sure. Like she's obviously accomplished, you know, chart-wise, popularity-wise, she's accomplished in that way. But I think to to the stuff you were talking about, just like the respect level of being like a lyricist and an artist too, on top of that, mm-hmm. like that's gonna that's gonna come i feel like for for her career like it, it's 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 here now from from people who really do dive into her work because you can see you can see the talent on display like she's obviously ex- extremely talented i think uh definitely over time too we're going to continue to see that as long as she continues to you know make music and put out put out new new projects you know for us to listen to so it'll be interesting to see see the the, the career trajectory of Doja Cat for sure hopefully that uh that terminology catches on trademark it bro you got to get that um <laughs> some other albums dropped too that you listen to i know you got some 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 some, some follow-ups on, on some projects you were looking forward yeah, to man. for sure a couple couple quick hits first and foremost hiatus coyote man they were pissing me off too this is their <laughs> this is also this is their uh first project in six years good um uh, choose your weapon came out six years ago um which people you hear that you hear them be sampled every now and then um they were on more life one time they were on like a kendrick song really quick one time be sample but i've been listening to them for a long time man uh and they're one of my favorite bands right now uh if i had top like a top four to them moonchild the internet and snarky puppy just 
out the gate, like like my four favorite bands right now. So I, I really, really, really love Hiatus Coyote. I always try to put on for them as much as I can uh, because they're really that good. They're different. They're experimental. Um, and again, sonically, really fucking amazing. And this album, it it holds up, man. I've been waiting for six uh, for again six years. The only thing I'm mad about is how short this album is, but it's still really fucking good. Uh, I'm excited. It's here. The vinyl's already on the way. I can't wait until it gets here. Um, it, it it's really good. Mm-hmm. Another quick quick hit, Justine Sky, uh, Space and Time. So Justine Sky is known for her songs not to be as consistent, which is why she's not as big right now. But this, she holds up here. It's it's decent. It really is a decent album. Um, I, I it, it surprised me a little bit uh, that it was so good. Did Justine Sky used to date Gold Link? Was it somebody else? Mm, you know, you might be right on that actually. Um, no, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I think that that's true. There's a lot of actually. It's it's kind of weird with the stuff that just came out this past. There's like a lot of connections because even like Doja and Tyler, you know, have a previous sort of not romantic connection, but they, you know, Doja said I'm some things you. about Tyler a long time ago that weren't the greatest. But you know, it happened. Uh, um, it's again, it's funny because they're so similar. Right. Um, but yeah, Justine Sky, really, really happy about it. I think this is uh, the first project I'm going to latch on to from her. Um, the previous project, and it was just fine, but it had no replayability. This one got a couple tracks um, that people, you know, will see in in, in my, my playlist, you know, that I make um, on Spotify and such. So uh, really happy that Justine Sky has uh, reached this, you know, this, this, this moment to have some replayability, at least on my end. I know mm. people had already been fans, but this is like the one. I'm like... Good job, Justine. Um, next quick hit. Gold Link also, which I don't know if they're exes or they're still together. I have no idea. Justin Scott <laughs> and Gold Link literally released their albums like one week of each other, whatever that's yeah. about. Um, Gold Link came out with an album called Harem. Yes, sir. And it's pretty decent, man. It yeah. it it uh the, the album shines best when he's experimental. There's a lot of moments that contain drill or very UK-centered kind of themes on the album. Um, and that's when it's the best. There's other moments where it's like his voice isn't it's engineered weird over the beat or mm-hmm. something, or he's just not talking about nothing. There's a couple tracks on there like that. But other than that, when it's experimental again, it's really good. Uh, again, Gold Link, he feels so weird right now because of the weird shit that he said about Mac Miller like yeah. those those years ago. So when he comes out with music, I'm like, damn, I want to listen. But like, it never feels the same because you said some dumb shit. Like, all you have to do is not say anything at all. Uh, but that being said, I'm still going to listen to this album probably. Uh, find my favorites, stick with those. Or, you know, who knows? It might it might, it might, might turn into um, an album that I like that I play back a lot. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of Gold Link's album. Yeah, it was. I, I got a chance to check this one out too. And it was, I, I agree with everything you said. Like, it's definitely taking like, influences from across the world and, and bringing them into his his sound which he you know he's known to do um mm-hmm. sometimes he can get in his own way though uh not only on the music but also with some dumb shit that you, that you say so exactly. um hopefully he gets out of his way in the future and d- does not do that because he he has loads of potential to be around for for quite a while he he makes quality stuff his music is always quality you could tell that there's work and thought put into it and there's a process there he's also been consistent thus far you know at what cost i really 
really enjoyed that project when it came oh, yeah. out back in 2017. And then even his most recent one from a couple of years ago, um, you solid, just really solid work, you know? So I think mm-hmm. he, uh, he can definitely continue to be productive in that way, but, um, you know, still has some, some time and, and things to learn as an artist, but he also, you know, this was a, you know, pretty short album too. It was a really brisk listen. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. it, it took all that, that much time and effort to, to really dive into it. He kind of, he kind of, you know, really sort of flexes those muscle and, muscles in a short amount of time, which I, I, I do appreciate specifically with music. I do appreciate being more concise, you know, and sort of putting the best work on the album that you can and, and editing, having an editing process is, is really important these days, but you know, yeah, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see. Where he goes. Um, we got some versus match matchups to talk about and, and catch yes. up with. It's been a minute since we talked about versus. So about a week ago, Eve versus Trina faced off yeah. against each other, two prominent female rappers from the 2000s, you know, from from the era that we definitely have have connections to that we grew up with. And then also this past weekend, Bow Wow versus Soldier Boy happened. But let's talk about E versus Trina first. Um, yep. This went down just recently. Uh, I, I didn't see this one. And it was mm-hmm. it, I think it had it happen on like a Wednesday or a Thursday, like a weird day. I th- it might have been a Thursday. Um, I don't remember actually that it happened. It wasn't over the weekend. I know sometimes these happen over the weekend, which mm-hmm. I know for me is kind of the optimal time. Like just catch me on a random, you know, I don't know sometimes like late Saturday, I might not be doing nothing. And that might be like, you know, the time that I can tune in, but this was like a Thursday. So it didn't feel like the best timing, but you know, it was the ladies night versus E versus Trina went down. Um, Any thoughts from this, like from what you saw, just like what what you gather with this matchup. Uh, I don't even know like what the internet said and who, who Mm -hmm. they felt like had the superior performances. Yeah, man. Uh, For me, it's kind of not obvious is the word, but Eve just has, these verses that are really crazy to me. Uh, a lot of E's best verses on like remixes and stuff, but they're like really good. <laughs> um, and she kills them. But also on the on the flip side, Trina has these uh like if you're going to a party, you're really likely to hear uh like a look back at it or a look back at me. I mean, you know what I mean? Like ass so big, like the sun. Like you're so you just like you're probably gonna hear that song, you know what I mean? Cause it, it's crazy. Um and uh Trina and Trick Daddy really did have a, a crazy run, um, which is wild. So uh but watching the verses, it's really interesting. Um Trina was in Miami in the 305 and Eve actually had the broadcast from London. Uh, is kind of what happened. Yeah, so they actually weren't in the same place, but it actually worked out really well. My favorite thing about this versus, it was like an hour and 10 minutes. Mm. Uh, they got in and got out. Like, wow. like they, would, they uh, would always play a song for like a minute 30 and then switch. That's how like, it should literally be. Literally back and forth. Yep. Yeah. Literally back and forth. It was really quick, straight to the point. It was a, the celebration of, you know, two great uh black rappers it was just a good time um so yeah i really don't have much to say man i think i think if you you know track for track i thought eve would dominate more but i found myself knowing so many more trina songs than i thought i did sure um which which was what caught me off guard so yeah i i honestly think it was really close uh closer than i thought it would be again i, I thought eve would just dominate uh but it, it I don't think it's, it's the case as much as I thought it was. So, mm. so 
People might, they, might disagree. Whatever. That's fine. But that's just what I thought. Yeah, they both got heavy features, too, that they can really rely they on. And that's that, you know, that that's definitely mm-hmm. a strength, I think, especially for Trina. Like you mentioned, when you really start to think about it and unpack, you'd be like, oh, man, well, she, she actually did quite a lot in a short amount of time. So, did. yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you, though, that, you know, short is is the way to go. Like, let's get in and out on this. There's there's obviously exceptions. Like if we're doing, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Isley Brothers, like y'all can stay up there oh, yeah. all night. Like, yeah, right. just just chill out. Y'all are, y'all are legends. Like, literally, some of the greatest artists ever. And that's not mm-hmm. to take anything away from anybody else that does this, but you know, we've seen some of these drag along. Um, not only because the artists just spend a little too much time talking in between, but also just the, the fucking lateness. And I think they're they're starting to get better at it. It seems like they're starting to get better with like these artists not being one hour or 90 minutes late like it typically starts mm-hmm. relatively close to the show time um which I, th- I love i love to see that like there's no re- in a virtual space like we're watching virtually and like you're in a venue with just like these two artists or even if you're broadcasting there's really no reason to be late like that like it's exactly yeah, no um we gotta talk about this bow versus soldier boy though i know we oh both watched my this. God. uh the battle of the corn balls y'all happened this past <laughs> weekend uh <laughs> People, people have been waiting for this and wanting this one for a minute. I know mm-hmm. Versus has been around for a little bit over a year now. And it, for at least six months, it feels like people have been talking about like, oh, Bow Wow, Soldier Boy, Bow Wow, Soldier Boy. And they've been egging it mm-hmm. on themselves individually. Finally made it happen. These two, these two met up. They were both in the same room, um, unlike even Trina in Los Angeles, uh, and had quite the experience, to say the <laughs> least. Um, it is... <laughs> It is probably the most perplexing verses that I think any of us have seen thus far. <laughs> All the rules were just thrown out the window on so many occasions. <laughs> Soldier Boy looks like he became the first person ever to perform the same song more than once at a verses. Like, mm-hmm. just said, fuck it. I'm just do the song again. Uh, also would play entire songs like let the entire song just go through and we would just sit there as an audience like really we're about to listen to this whole, whole thing like thing. now um the amount of shit talking in between between these two dudes uh just <laughs> new great. levels new levels of ridiculousness <laughs> uh just all the stuff I, obviously they're cool you know they don't have no beef or nothing they're 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 showmen they're trying to play up this 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 versus beef battle mm-hmm. i feel like I feel like both of them listen to the internet a little bit too much. Like they've probably heard the criticism of people like, oh, versus ain't competitive anymore. It's not even a competition. People just get in the same room and just perform songs. Yeah. The comp and them two was like, oh, well, we don't have no problem with that. We'll make it competitive. And they just decided <laughs> to go, they they dialed it up and went all the way in. I mean, talking so much shit in between the rounds yeah. and just just ridiculous over the top. But honestly. That's what you expect with these two dudes. Like, you yeah. don't really expect anything else. Like, Bow Wow mm-hmm. and Soldier Boy, like, this is going to yeah. be, this is going to be ridiculous. Like, at the end it of the is. day, like, there's going to be a few songs here and there that I like, but I'm watching this for the, the, the antics, honestly. And that's the only reason mm-hmm. I watched. Like, I knew, I knew I had to watch this because I'm like, we're going to get some funny, like, unintentional comedy this entire night. And I have yeah. to see that shit unfold. And there's other moments we can talk about, of course, you know, that, that happened. But yeah, those are my initial thoughts on, on Bow Wow versus Soldier Boy. What a good time for me. I was having a ball watching these dudes, man, <laughs> because they're like such good friends that they're good at talking shit to each other. Like they're just really good at it because um, you can tell they do it all the time. Uh, and w- what I also love about this versus 
is like they existed at two different times, but they still complement each other somehow. I haven't yeah. like quite put my finger on it, but it's just the way that it exists. And I think part of it is that friendship slash shit talking that they've created that kind of helps this work uh, again because they just existed uh, at two different times, which is crazy. Uh, I mean, we we got to talk about this dude, Soldier Boy, man. Um, <laughs> We gotta do a separate pod on Soulja Boy just my, by himself. My, by himself, mom. My, my big big Draco. He probably created podcast. Uh because <laughs> he was the first, bro. <laughs> he's he was the, the first. Because <laughs> he was he was probably definitely the first to to he was the first rapper to be featured in a podcast or something crazy. Who knows? Of course. Um, but he was the first to do it any and everything. Uh and what makes this so crazy is a lot of times he's not lying. <laughs> Yeah, he's there. There's actual fucking evidence behind a lot of the stuff he says. It's like, yeah, it's kind of true. It makes it so funny because it's true. That's what makes it so great. Like, I'm the first rapper to have a lemonade in the grocery store. And you're like, damn, you probably are. Like, this thing yeah. has a lemonade right now in, in random gas stations and shit. Um, but these dudes, again, are really, really, really entertaining, man. Uh, I think, I think one. One thing that was weird about this versus was how many songs existed that that Soldier Boy had not on streaming services. Like they were like not official songs. I don't know mm-hmm. what that's about. But like one that stood out was like the Yes Bitch song with Nicki oh, Minaj. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, how's that not on streaming services? It doesn't Such make a hit. Sense. Yeah, yeah, it's a good song. Um, and then there's we also got to talk about why he played make it clap three times uh the first the first time was the normal one okay it's a tiktok hit the second one he brings out french montana hey um uh, and then <laughs> whatever that's about like nobody's checking for french and then the third time is a Nicki minaj verse that we ne- no one's ever heard question mark yeah i was like what is this uh, <laughs> i don't know what this is i just don't understand now he's the, like you said he's the first rapper to play three the, the same song on a versus he, he's the first to do everything it's, it's actually ridiculous um but what another thing i loved about this versus really for me was i think people understand bow wow because our generation we like to make fun of bow wow but it's never for the music mm. it's always for like the dumb shit he does on the internet mm-hmm. like when he wears a hoodie and he's in a group of people and he's like, hey, they don't even know who I am. Or like, he'll like document it. But like, why are you so corny, dude? Yeah. Like, why are you like this? Like, it's like little stuff like that. You're like, come on, dude. Um, but to to for us to realize Bow Wow was that nigga. Like, I actually I was thinking about it. I don't know a more successful young rapper. Like, like I was literally going playing through it. We know singers like that, right? Of course, like the Michael Jacksons and the you know what I mean. But like young rappers, like Bow Wow was it. Um, like he was the one, like for real, for real. Uh, people thought Lil Romeo was gonna be like that. It will talk about in a second, but he never was. Like, mm-hmm. or or we thought, yeah, it just I just thought that was really interesting to think about um, because he was really making hits at the age of thirteen. Like not only making hits, but like saturating the market. Like he was on one hundred six and Park. Like on AJ's knee, like like that's all tall he was. Like that yeah. dude was really small, um, really out here killing it. And I, I I I think this versus showed how crazy his catalog really actually really is. Because the the man he he did it, man. He really did. Uh, he again he didn't even bring the movies into it. He didn't have to uh, because the music kind of spoke for itself. There was a great moment 
one, but I also had good features that I forgot about. I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you featured in that, but you actually had a decent verse in that. Uh, he fucked up because he played I'm a flirt. I don't know why he did that. That that um, that 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 doesn't like, that doesn't not make the sense. Robert. Yeah, no. Nah. Not the Robert. <laughs> we need it. We need an editing process. You cannot know. Yeah. yeah, he needs some friends. Is what he needs. Somebody. He. I don't know who he went through that with, but he should have told the DJ. What did he had a DJ with him? It was a good DJ too. Who was it? Yeah. Um, somebody else played R. Kelly like a year ago too in these verses. Yeah. Uh, somebody else did too. I right. forget. Uh, was it T Pain oh, when he played God. uh the Amish Stripper remix? Yeah. 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 It's like come he on, let R. Kelly's verse roll, and it was like, bro, come read. On. The room we like, literally just had lifetime show us the worst it's, shit ever. It's like it's not even a new room. It's no, like it's very old. Read the room. Yeah, like, that's all you have to do. I don't know why he did that. So I'm sure he lost points there. Um, but yeah, uh, it's also crazy how influential Soldier Boy really is too. It's I mean you have to talk about it. He literally broke YouTube um, at, at certain points of his career, and he really. Um, he really is that nigga, bro. Uh, I don't. He brings out Little Romeo, random. I don't know why he does that. Well, Romeo said that there couldn't be a versus about well versus without him, so somehow they made it happen. So I don't now, know why Soldier Boy brought him out, but man, because now Soldier Boy is the first rapper to bring out Bow Wow and Lil Romeo on the same stage. That's exactly <laughs> he know that man know what he's doing. That man he knows know what exactly he doing. what he's doing, man. Um, it was it was it was that was really interesting. That shit was kind of whack though, because like uh, I don't I don't understand what Romeo was trying to do per se. Like the man's. One, he he rapped a song from 2019 that nobody knows. Yeah. Um, I actually seen it on YouTube like a year ago. That's why I knew what it was. So I was like, oh, I know what this is, but I don't know where you're rapping it. And then he brought out what's what's some little dude's name? I forgot their name. Oh, the, I the little tell boys. You. I, I have no idea. Shit. <laughs> he brought out he brought out his little his boys and girls club kids to on the stage with him to like have a good time. And I like couldn't figure out why this was happening. Um <laughs> That shit was so random. That's not yeah. his biggest offense, though. You 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 skirting around his biggest offense of the night, Romeo. Oh, no, yeah, <laughs> fucking comparing themselves to Michael Jordan, LeBron, Michael Jordan. and Kobe. Like, I don't know who he thinks he is. That that, that I don't know who that, Romeo that, thinks that, he is. Yeah, he he. I don't know. I don't know what he drinking, what he smoking, but that ain't it, man. That ain't, Romeo, that, ain't the, that ain't the path. Uh, why didn't Why didn't he do the um? He should did the little Romeo show song. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, I forgot. Wow, I forgot about hey, that. Oh, oh watch wow. Oh, it's time for the Romeo show. Not a... <laughs> I completely <laughs> actually, forgot actually about that. I actually like that show. Yikes! Was, uh, I remember that. Yeah, that was a yeah, actually, nice little, was a cool show. little show. Yeah, it was like that, and then like just Jordan took over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was really weird to see Romeo on stage not doing his ICDC commercial, um, and then. Bow Wow brings out Jermaine Dupree and the brat. Is that yep. it? It's like it wasn't even even in my mind. People swear that Soulja Boy won this versus. And what I will say is, in some ways, on paper, you think it's going to be closer, but in the actual practice of the versus, what? Bow Wow was like murdering this cat. Like, especially because because Soulja Boy kept doing things like playing the entire, he played all of Nigga, We Made It. Yes, like we heard two Drake verses, and then Soulja Boy was on the song for ten seconds. It was actually annoying at that point. I'm like, you, you really just gonna let this ride? Like, we, we, nobody's gonna put a stop to this. We just gonna sit here and watch this like entire song play, and somehow they still managed to finish within like ninety minutes. I don't know how that worked, but that 
that's just trolling at its highest level at that point to where you just let the whole song play until we wow. get to your verse, which nobody I never when I whenever I listen to that song, I never even finished the song because I'm not I'm not going to make it to Soldier Boy's verse. Like I'm cutting it off <laughs> after Drake is done. So I, I, I can't even remember last time I listened to Soldier Boy's verse on that track. Me either. Um, and then he does the same thing with LOL Smiley Face. Yep. We heard like the whole Trey Songs part. And it's and then Bow Wow was like, Where's your verse? <laughs> it's like Nigga, be patient. <laughs> They're <laughs> so funny. <laughs> those are those are like my favorite parts of the entire thing. Just the banter. Uh was mm. a good time. Uh and again, bro, uh Bow Wow just killing it, bro. Brings out a Marion. Come on, man. People really thought Soldier Boy won that. It's like blows my mind. And I actually do love Soldier Boy. I think I, I enjoy some of the things he does, man. And it's like, damn, this <laughs> y'all really thought he won after watching that. <laughs> okay. If you say so. Um, but yeah, man, that is, that's the verses. It was very entertaining for me. I had a good time. Um, I'm happy it existed. I can't wait for more memes <laughs> like that oh, yeah. to come out of it. Yeah, definitely. I I, I, t- I totally expect we get more, but uh, apparently it was super successful. We, we don't have the official numbers yet, but I saw a little bit of that, you know, post show that they did with Timbaland and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bow Wow said like, you know, oh, Swiss told us that we might be the most watched versus ever, which... So, Funny enough, would not surprise me. It would not surprise me if more people watch this shit than yeah. the most highest. But I, I, I don't know who still holds the record at this point. It might be Gucci and Jeezy. I feel like unless somebody mm-hmm. surpassed them since then, I could mm-hmm. be very wrong. But I would not be surprised if this g- gave them their biggest numbers because you just had to see this shit to believe it. Just because of how <laughs> crazy and ridiculous it was. But it was, it was entertaining if nothing else. It was entertaining Absolutely. and uh, yeah, quite a fun thing to watch. So yeah, we'll be on the on the lookout for whatever the next verses is and when that comes down the pipeline. Um, let's go ahead and transition. Talk about video games. E three obviously yes. just went down uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, but before we get to E three and do a little bit of a recap for that, we do a quick review of a couple games. We both have played. Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, which was yes. one of the launch titles with the PlayStation 5. We obviously um, were, were, were very much anticipating that ever since it was announced. Uh, it seems like about a year ago at this point that they had you know, officially announced it. This is sort of a, mm-hmm. a continuation of that Spider-Man story from uh, the Spider-Man PS4 game that came out a few years ago back in 2018. This is picking up with Miles Morales specifically, giving him his own story, his own narrative, his, his own set of missions. So it is, it is a standalone game. It is a bit shorter than the original game, of course but it is its own complete a b c you know act one act two act three sort of story so we got a full experience here and i know we both played it so yeah let's dive in and talk about it um yeah i I can i can definitely you know just kind of kick it off and say it i mean it's great it's great it's a great Mm -hmm. it's a great experience like yes it's it's a quick story but i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not mad at that at all just because we know that there's going to be more spider-man games and we know that this character is going to be important to this original spider-man story that they're telling uh with right. peter parker and with miles morales um i mean one beautiful like beautiful beautiful game graphics the the the, the cut scenes all of the anime like everything just looked just looks like very much quality. It was very, very well done. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that it's like sort of primarily set in Harlem is a great thing. Like you get to see a lot of that Harlem flavor sort of infused throughout the story. I like that we sort of take like pockets of New York City, obviously mm-hmm. us both living here, but knowing how important New York is to all Marvel characters, like taking pockets in New York City and sort of grounding it in specific areas is, is dope. And that provides us with like a, 
a unique perspective in comparison to what we get with Peter Parker. Like Peter Parker, he's Spider-Man, you know, for damn near all of New York at this point. He's been Spider-Man for eight years in this universe, but we get Miles, mm-hmm. who's new to this world and learning his powers and, you know, starting to come into his own as a hero. He's focusing really on a specific section of the city. Obviously, he does things elsewhere, but this is kind of the Harlem story for, for Miles Morales, which is interesting yeah. because... He moves from Brooklyn, right? Like yep. we know that his character is based in Brooklyn, and exactly, you know, many many of the the iterations of his character, and even in this in this story, he he, he you know he originally is coming from Brooklyn, but they moved to Harlem, so that was a an interesting move there. But mm-hmm. it, it was great, man. It's a great game. I really enjoyed it. Um, I was super emotional. Like I remember first turning it on, and you just see the cinematic sort of opening sequence, and you get the you get the hip hop beat, you get him on the subway, yeah. just that opening. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my god, like I. I mean, just just like what we had with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse in movie theaters mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, it felt the exact same way. I'm like, damn, they did it again. They made me feel like I'm seeing something I've never seen before. And it feels special. And the soundtrack is amazing. Obviously, Jane Smith is back. Jane Smith is like he needs to do everything Spider-Verse related at this point. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, and overall, I think that the story was it was pretty satisfying, like the villain, like with it. You know, it's kind of we we mentioned this last week when we were talking about Loki, but like the Rocks Con like piece of it, mm-hmm. like with them being the main antagonist. I'm not always a huge fan of like organizations being the villain. Like we saw yeah. that in the Avengers game, like AIM mm-hmm. is the villain. Like there's right. You know, there's Modoc, but AIM is yeah, the, the, you know, AIM is who you fight the whole time. Yeah, that's who yeah, yeah that's who you fighting. Um, Roxcon is is similar here. There is a you know central antagonist, but there's you know sort of larger implications for Roxcon as an organization here. I'm not the biggest fan of that. I understand that you have to have you obviously have to have a narrative thread where this villain is you know constantly you know having a presence throughout your game you need new enemies Mm -hmm. and things to you know sort of overcome um that's kind of the the one thing that i'm like i'm not the biggest fan of that i I like the i like the focus in the you know the the first spider-man game where we're we're fighting legitimate spider-man villains consistently like you know there's there's that sinister six aspect of it to where you're coming across a lot of you know his rogues gallery so I, i hope we can get back to that a little bit more in the future and i think we will for sure mm-hmm. um but that's kind of the only thing that you know that i didn't enjoy about it as much as i would have wanted to but other than that it was it was fantastic fantastic game loved it man we finally got a chance to play black spider-man in a video game and it's what's crazy it's it's we we're still talking about it to this day, it's, it's even more rare that we get to play a black protagonist in any video game, um, right. to be honest, because a lot of them are still white and uh, you don't always get to create your character. And sometimes when you do, the shades are off or you have to be an alien or just something random. Like we actually got to be Black Spider-Man and I first and foremost love it for that. What was weird about the, the rollout of this game again was it made it seem like it was just going to be very expansion filling. They really mm-hmm. did. They made it feel like I was going to get in, play five hours. There was going to be a lot of content and get out. But after playing it, by the way, 100% that hoe. Um, <laughs> after, after playing it, I was like, what are y'all talking about? This is it's a whole game. It's it really a full created, experience. Yeah. It's a whole full experience. Like you said, it's not as long as the original, um, but barely. You know, like it felt like to me, like, oh, but barely. Like I... I had a great time. Uh, the stories were good. I love the the characters make sense. Uh, the everything was just good about the game. Oh, there's so many Easter eggs. Not even just MCU Easter eggs or Spider Verse Easter eggs, but just 
Easter eggs. Like it was just, it was, it was well put together. Uh, I have a small grievance in the story. That's a spoiler. I'm not going to talk about, but that's like my only grievance. <laughs> sure. Like I can't. Yeah. That's like my only grievance with the game, man. Very beautiful. I mean, oh, like they got it. They, all they did from PS4 to here was upgrade the graphics a little bit because they were already beautiful. The feel is still there. Uh, the blackness. Oh, my God. This is kind of a spoiler, but I have to talk about it. There's a moment in the game. You do a side mission and there's a whole Black Lives Matter mural and they give you yeah. a, they give you a Black Lives Matter suit, too. Oh, man. And it's like, what? In a video game? Like, I, I'm, I'm not sure there's a precedent. Like, after that happened... I said, I have to show the world. I made a tweet and everything. I took a picture and it, it was just really, it felt really good to be able to have that moment. Um, again, as a, as a black man who's played video games his whole life, I was like, this is crazy. Um, and, 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 and it's like all these things tack onto each other. It's like, damn, that happened. And I'm already here. I already love Miles Morales as a character. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, damn, this is like bonuses. So many bonuses that are happening in this game for me that I, that I appreciate. Um, one of my one of my biggest uh, things that I don't that makes me mad about the current iteration of Tom Holland Spider Man that we have um, is is the psychic right like they literally took Genki from Miles <laughs> and threw him <laughs> in, in, into uh, Tom Holland Spider Man it's like mm-hmm. damn dude like come on because now when you introduce him in mcu it's like what are you going to do because now we're still like flushing out genki in a video game right so like we know he exists over here and he was even uh, he was in he was in spider-verse shortly but he existed and a lot of people play this game so a lot of people if you didn't know who genki was before you'll know him for sure now a lot of people play miles morales in these spider-man games yeah exactly so now it's like when you wanted to introduce him to the mcu it's like you're going to do it again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is there going to be two of them? Because they, they're definitely the same person. But yeah. Um, he that, Again, all the side characters is really well done. Rio, Rio Morales is great. Um, just everybody across the board did a really good job. Um, and I appreciate it, man. I'm just so happy they released it. And uh, kind of also not a spoiler, but kind of feels like one, but it's not. I feel like the next game, what they could do is it felt like they could go through with a Spider-Verse and they could make it multiplayer. Mm. Multiplayer Spider-Verse game where every it's four-player co-op and everyone gets to play whatever Spider-Man they want to play. That's what they should do. It's probably not what they're going to do because Sony is still stuck in a single-player experience. But if you can give us the same good story, the same beautiful graphics and all of that that you gave us in Miles Morales with a four-player co-op, you have potentially made one of the best games of all time. And I hope they go through with it, but they probably won't. <laughs> it would be nice, though. It would, I mean, that there's they could. There's no reason they couldn't do it. But to your point, right. they might just choose not to because of like their preference of like what they're trying to do with their storytelling and how they're, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, but uh, there has to be some sort of co-op now. Like you can't, you can't not have the next game allow you to play as Peter or miles like that. Exactly. That, that just wouldn't, you, you can't give us both of them now separately and not mm-hmm. allow us to, to play. So I, 
I, I really think that that would be a mistake if they don't at least roll out some sort of two player. But if yeah, at you least go two, two player, player, yeah, at least two player. But if you go two player, damn, go four player. Like, why not? You yeah, know, there's there's so many Spider Gwen and somebody else. You know, yeah, like there's or, or you know at the at the least, like if you want to still scale up to that, like next ne- maybe the next game is two player, and then the mm-hmm. game after that can after then that, scale up. Yeah, yeah, you got a whole. But, Mm-hmm. Right. But I think I, I agree with you whole, wholeheartedly. They, they should be exploring that. Like we shouldn't necessarily just be restricted to a single player experience at this point anymore with all the introduction of these new characters. So hopefully they do. Hopefully they do. Agreed. Um, you played another game, a remake. Yes. Remastered yes, yes. Resident Evil. Yes. So I've just been in a Resident Evil mood completely. Um, I'm literally right now rewatching the movies. I just got I just finished Afterlife like today. Ooh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I did that about a year ago, and it was uh, it was tough. It was tough. There was it's a couple, it's a couple okay ones in there, but it's a, it's a it's a tough marathon. Yeah, they're ridiculous, but they're yeah. uh, they can be they can be entertaining. I just love Mila Jovovich. I think she's great. Uh, but it's I just got done playing Resident Evil Three Remake. Um, I played Resident Evil One Remake maybe December 2018, and I beat uh, Resident Evil Two Remake at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, I, here I am close to the end of the pandemic, quote unquote, maybe you a question mark. Um, I beat Resident Evil 3 remake maybe about two months ago. And it is amazing. One, I would preface this by saying Resident Evil 3 is probably the game that I hear always, always heard about the least and the most mm. in terms of, I feel like if you were to like lay out a chart of who's played what Resident Evil, people have played Resident Evil 3 the least. Um, I don't know if that's a numbers thing. I actually need to do more research into that. But I, it just always felt like the one that people play into the least. Um, even though it has like a big character like Nemesis in it, right? And it's the one where you get to play as Jill the, pretty much the entire time. Um, so it was really interesting and fun to play, man, because it, it kind of felt like my first time. Because uh, even when I was little, before remakes, I was always watching my cousins play Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 4 eventually comes out, Resident Evil 5 comes out. And I was always used to them. But this is like the first Resident Evil 3 that we kind of get to play um, in a yeah. really long time. Uh, so really short game first and foremost i beat it in like seven hours or something like that it's oh, hella short yeah. yeah it's hella short all the resident evils are technically short but this is probably the shortest i've ever played for sure um but really good i actually kind of like how they didn't force too much uh because there are certain aspects of resident evil that can become repetitive if you do it wrong but the the time is kind of perfect because it never gets old like it's always the perfect things happen at the perfect time so i appreciate it for that uh, i love jill as a character really good game nemesis is chasing you like the whole fucking time it's really annoying um that's like the hard part of the game is you being chased while having to do missions at the same time uh, <laughs> resident resident evil 2 is like that too uh that's what makes it so difficult uh but again really fun man really great well put together game uh at this point um the the new resident evil has come out uh resident evil village uh, i can't wait to get to that i'm going to be biohazard before i get to that but i just had to tell people that resident evil 3 is worth it um uh, if if you're looking uh for you know any kind of horror f- game to play it's not as scary as the second one or the first one but it's 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 action-packed and it it, it really is a, a blood rush that's why i beat it so fast too it's so easy to play because you're interested the entire time um you want to get to that next part in, in in the game so again definitely recommend it um i hope more people play it man 
Yeah, it, uh, it, it comes in an interesting spot. I know, you know, you talked about how three is sort of in this weird middle spot because it's kind of three is kind of sandwiched in between like two of the greatest games, literally two of the greatest, made. like yeah. two and four. <laughs> are considered exactly. like the gold standard of like the franchise mm-hmm. and like three three's not bad at all i remember playing through when i was young um but it mm-hmm. just you know it's just in the middle of it it's just kind of it had a, it had a challenge in, you know being in between that and so like to even see that they remade it now I, I know they've been remaking the other ones like you mentioned of course i'm um, following that trend but um yeah I hope, I hope you know maybe more people discover it and see like oh yeah this is this is still a worthy installment yeah it doesn't might not reach the same heights of course but there's a certain level of quality that it'll always hopefully maintain here um absolutely do you know if they're going to keep going? Are they going to keep remake? Like, will they remake four? Because that's that's uh, that, that, I don't know if they probably not yet. It okay. holds up too well right now because yeah. I was like, that's like the barrier, though. Right. Because four was on like GameCube and PlayStation 2. And so it's like it still holds up enough, yeah. uh, but they might go through with it because games because technology slowing down. Mm-hmm. So like if you make a remake now, you won't have to for a very, very, very long time. Sure. Yeah. So I, I have heard talks that they might go through with four because five, they don't have to do five is like, again, I see, like yeah. New Gen, yeah, you don't have to do anything five and up. You don't have to do anything. So I think I, again, have heard rumors that they'll redo four, but it might be more of a remaster than a remake. If mm. that makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. So I okay. think they'll go that direction. Yeah, big, big, big stuff for Resident Evil going on. Obviously, we've talked that about that franchise several times on the show with the stuff they even got coming to Netflix. So they are they're going through a really, really uh a really great time period for mm-hmm. for Resident Evil fans at this point. Let's talk about E3. Um, some stuff dropped, some 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 new things have been revealed. Obviously, uh a lot of uh anticipation behind some of these announcements, especially from the yeah. Nintendo side. I know they dropped some some big big news. Um, yeah, let's just like run through it, man. What were what were some of the big takeaways from E3 this year? Ooh, so the thing everyone was waiting to hear be announced, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 is happening, man. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild 1 is known to be whew, not even one of the best Zelda games, but just one of the greatest games of all time. Um, they've really been killed in these Zelda games. They always have. Uh, Zelda is easily one of the most consistent franchises of all time within Nintendo, but just period, <laughs> uh, like in life. Like it's, it's kind of Nintendo's... Resident Evil, if you want to put it like that, just consistent Definitely. as shit. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they're really good. So that's huge coming out in 2022. Technically, we don't know if Breath of the Wild 2 is the exact name of the game yet. I think they'll they'll either decide um, to drop another title or that could be it too, but they haven't decided yet. Um, so again, that's coming out in 2022. We don't know the exact date. We just know what's coming out next year. My guess is next summer to fall would be mm. my would be my guess um next mario and Rabbids sequel there was a one that came out like 2017 that kind of launched with the switch this one is called mario rabbit sparks of hope i didn't get to play the first one uh but if they're making a second one it must people must have been playing the hell out of it i mean it's mario so yeah that that <laughs> no surprise like you, there yeah mario's been around since the beginning basically so yeah exactly. it makes sense yeah, so also coming out in 2022, no specific date. This one is going to be not a sleeper because it's actually heavy, heavy, heavily anticipated. Um, but the your 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 non-gamer gamers are it might go over their head a little bit. This is called Elden Ring, um, and this comes from uh, from Software Studios. Literally, it's called From Software, uh, from <laughs> Software Studios, uh, who who makes the the Dark Souls franchise, um, Bloodborne, Sekiro, um, and this is actually a crossover of game creator. And writer and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki, who does Dark Souls and Bloodborne, but also 
here's the wrench here. George R.R. Martin what? Uh, is also helping write this game, y'all. So think about Dark Souls meets Game of Thrones. Like, oh boy. <laughs> It's, it looks really fucking fantastic. If you haven't watched the trailer, I suggest you do so. Um, the Dark Souls franchise is known to be one of the hardest franchises of all time. It's also funny. I'm playing Sekiro right now. Uh, Shadows die twice. Shit is hard as hell. <laughs> um, I have I have played I have played Dark Souls. I haven't beat one, uh, but they're just really hard. Uh, so you take that uh, world building and you uh, with George R. R. Martin now on board, and I think. I think it's going to be amazing. It looks That's really, neat. really, really good. It looks next genish. Uh, again, George R. R. Martin is going to give you the fantasy story, man. I mean, there's dragons. People got multiple arms, but it's it's still got like the Demon Souls, the Dark Souls feel um, to it, and that comes out January 2022. Be looking out for it. I really do think it's going to be really good. Next, we have an Xbox exclusive coming from Bethesda. Uh, Bethesda makes Skyrim, Fallout, and a lot of other um, video games who have recently got a um, a deal with Xbox. Xbox bought mm-hmm. Bethesda. Um, and so now people were afraid that uh, Xbox would now have, or Bethesda specifically, would now have a lot of um, titles specific um, to Xbox. Uh, and here's literally E3. They announced uh, one of the games called Starfield which is described to be Skyrim in space. People don't know Skyrim is like one of the biggest games of all time um, in terms of longevity. Uh, the number one, I would say, is Grand Theft Auto V, like crazy. But if I had to put a number two spot, and again, in terms of longevity, how long it's been around and much people love it, Skyrim might be in that second spot right behind uh, Grand Theft Auto. So um, think about it like that. So it's also been described as being a Han Solo simulator. Um, so I think it's just going to be beautiful. And something in space. We haven't seen uh, a lot of gameplay yet. Um, but again, we got a trailer and we got a release date. November 2022 um, is when this game comes out. So be looking out for that too. Next up, kind of a big announcement. Um, probably it's, it's actually pretty big following yeah. uh, Marvel's Avengers. Square Enix now announces Guardians, a Guardians of the Galaxy game. Um, it's single player and follows kind of the the story of Star Lord within uh, the 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 team, the ragtag team of the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's first person. Um, no, it's not first person. Sorry, it's a uh, single player, and you can mm-hmm. only play a Star Lord, which is. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> Did we uh, need the Guardians of the Galaxy then? Could we not have made an Ant Man game if we're just gonna play as one character? What? Uh, Single player with the team that they literally just made the Avengers game where you could play as all the Avengers. Like why? I have no idea why they did this. I haven't figured it out. Oh, but they, Phoenix, they sound like they just wanted a really good single player. <laughs> story-driven game and they chose star lord of the gardens of the galaxy who was a group of people i don't okay. know why okay. this isn't multiplayer i haven't figured it out um hopefully maybe yep nobody can convince me that this this shouldn't have been a multiplayer game i don't wow. get it um but the release date for this game will be october 26 so i'm of course i'm still gonna play it because come yeah. on i would not play it but come on bro they could have made this multiplayer <laughs> i could have been like hey jordan you want to go play guardians of the galaxy and we could have been Groot and rocket and gamora and drax and just had a good time would have been amazing i don't i don't get it i don't wow. understand it um yeah another announcement which is actually might be decent we'll see uh 
Ubisoft has announced an Avatar game, Avatar mm-hmm. the movie, James Cameron's Avatar. It's called Frontiers of Pandora. Uh, it's first person, and it is an open world action adventure game. Uh, it was a small little trailer. It looks really beautiful. Um, yeah, hopefully, it did. hopefully it takes advantage of next gen uh, to the fullest, and it looks just as beautiful did in the trailer as it does um, on our on our consoles and TVs. But yeah, I hope it's good. It, it looks like I said, it looks really good. Um, you, you know, these uh movie video games have always struggled. Um, like, yeah, terrible, quite literally, quite literally, always. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ubisoft doesn't have necessarily the best track record either. They're so wishy washy, they'll drop a gem one day and then drop the ball the next, they'll drop a Assassin's Creed one day and then come out with Watch It All's the next. Like, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, so that comes out 2022, no exact date. Be looking out for that. Um, back to Nintendo Smash Ultimate adds Kayuza from Tekken to the mix, y'all. Uh, they also came out with a gameplay trailer for him yesterday, and he actually drops as you're here in this podcast. Um, he drops t- uh, tomorrow for us or today if you listen to the podcast as it releases. So um, check him out. He looks really good. This is huge. Tekken going into Smash or any Nintendo anything is crazy. Yeah, it's um, actually ridiculous. Yeah, it's wild. It's like, whoa, this is the character you choose. Um, I think there's one more character to be added to the roster. Hopefully we get somebody out of control. Um, hopefully we get like a, a Sora from Kingdom Hearts or a Master Chief from Halo. Something ridiculous. Um, I hope is the last character. But this is this is a great addition. He looks like a really good character. Um, speaking of Halo, we found out the Halo Infinite multiplayer is free to play. Um, it comes out this holiday season, 2021, along with the campaign of the game as well. But the, the entire game won't be free, but specifically the multiplayer will be free to everyone. Um, again, Xbox in, and uh, PC, uh, it's an exclusive to Microsoft. So PlayStation players will not be able to play the new Halo, but it's fine because this is why friends exist. You can come. <laughs> go to the house and, and play Halo. I really am excited for Halo in general. Um, I hope it's really good uh, because it's been missing for a long time. And Halo is one of the games that it literally made Xbox. Halo and Gears of War literally made Xbox. It changed the game. Um, and the, and Xbox needs it again. They need they need a, something that feels really good like that, especially to compete with uh, the 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 consistency of uh PlayStation single player games right now. They're just so Definitely. good yeah. that they, they need something like a halo, not to keep them afloat, but to ki- get them back in the conversation of why you should buy one over the other. They really need this. So I hope I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really fun. Uh, the gameplay I've seen looks great and it's halo. Like, come on. It's halo. Um, Next up, y'all, this is a game called Redfall coming out from Arcane Studios, made Dishonored. Um, And this is a vampire shooter. We haven't had a game like this in a while. That is four-player co-op vampire shooter. Watch the trailer. It's really weird, but it looks really fucking good. Like, I'm excited for it. Um, Me and the boys are always looking for multiplayer games. Uh, Now we get a a four-player co-op game. That's a vampire shooter. Um, there's this character in it. Her name is Layla. It's a black girl. And it, that's going to be my main. I don't care who's playing with me. <laughs> I'm playing Layla. It's a black girl mm. with curly hair. We don't get them enough in video games. She's here, so I'm going to play her. Um, she looks really badass. Um, and I'm excited for more, more people to discover her in the game. Redfall looks like it's going to be really good. We didn't even see gameplay. We just seen the trailer. And it looks amazing. And I'm already excited. So uh, I hope I hope they follow suit with this game. Next up, Rainbow Six Extraction. Um, which come comes after Rainbow Six Siege. Siege has been around for I don't even know the exact years to be honest. Maybe like eight, 
eight, seven, eight years at this point. It's been a long time since Siege had initially released. Um, who knows what's going to happen with this game? A lot of people have seen gameplay and they are pretty disappointed. Um, but hey, we we don't know. Rainbow Six or just Tom Clancy games are another one of those things that can be wishy-washy. Um, you can get a game like uh like a rainbow six siege that goes on for years literally the pro scene is amazing people play it uh you know uncontrollably and then you can get a uh a game like the recent ghost recon which people didn't barely even heard about it didn't do that well um so who knows it it, it might be great next up we have diablo 2 resurrected y'all diablo 2 is known as one of the best games of all time easily it's a dungeon scroller um is what it can be described as uh both fantasy uh fantasy sci-fi action rpg whatever you want to consider it as um it's if you haven't played diablo game you need to they're really fun uh they're really mindless fun and you get to play with friends what's crazy about this diablo one it's a remake of course because diablo 2 is great but also it's going to be eight players oh what (laughs) eight players oh my god that's overwhelming that's going to be a lot going on eight players but that's a it could be mindless fun man again it's a remake so i don't think they're really looking for like you know anything crazy what 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 was disappointing about this announcement is we didn't get any news about diablo 4 after seeing that amazing trailer that we even talked about on the podcast like maybe yeah, like a year ago i remember um, that. that trailer was really bomb and we still haven't heard anything about diablo 4 so um still still looking for that last but not least i wanted to add um a lot of the xbox games that you uh exclusives that came out during e3 were all on game pass like you don't have to buy any of these um mm. one of the games i was looking for the forward to the most is back for blood which comes for turtle studios which is the creators of uh the left for dead franchise i was about to pre-order that game now i realize that's going to be on game pass i don't have to buy a thing halo is going to be on game pass i don't have to buy a thing uh redfall which is going to come out of it that's, that's going to be on game pass i don't have to buy a thing so i get your money's worth there a game pass is really crazy right now um and people need to know about it uh again xbox is really playing the accessible game uh and they're really doing a good job at it man so that was pretty much e3 in a nutshell at least all the big things of course there's a lot of other smaller games that i could have talked about but those were all the really big hits um i think for what's coming from e3 man so video games are in an interesting spot a lot to come um not a lot exists right now because uh one the consoles are moving in slow motion of course mm-hmm. uh but but to the the developers are still trying to make sure they get these these consoles are really uh, ahead of their time a little bit people people have not yet made a game to use these consoles to the full potential again talking about xbox um series x and ps5 so i think people are trying to make that happen and that's why a lot of these games are 2022 but uh, i think we're, we're about to go into i wouldn't call it a renaissance but it's it's about to go up um in terms of video gaming here pretty soon starting this fall so everyone should be excited all the gamers should be excited yeah yeah definitely an interesting time for sure we're it it feels like we are like a a year two years maybe even three years out from just like Mm -hmm. it seems like a blitz is on the way with just like some some phenomenal pieces of work that are going to be coming out and i think you know you know we've seen a lot of remasters and remakes happen you know to sort of capitalize on incorporating new technology but also still utilizing engines that have you know mostly been built they already understand them and stuff like that but um yeah yeah this was a lot of big stuff that came out of e3 for sure i was definitely like 
like keeping it tuned, just like seeing like all the new announcements and stuff. And yeah, definitely some surprises. Wasn't expecting the Avatar announcement. That was interesting. But to yeah. your point about like movie games, like this might be this might be one that cracked because they took their time and they didn't try to coincide mm-hmm. with the release of the movie. Like they actually just waited, right. you know, for a few years. But we'll see. Plus all these other ones. Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff for sure. So E3, man, definitely can't wait to see what else happens over the course of the next few weeks as we hear more. Um, and last, as we start to wrap up things, um, the news of the week, we got a lot of new trailers that just came out. Again, summer movie season and the fall is starting to get really, really big and packed here underway. We just got a new Shang-Chi trailer, um, or should I, I, I should say Shang-Chi. That's how they've been pronouncing it. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, we know that that's coming out in theater September 3rd. They gave us our second trailer. This is the story trailer. So we got that first teaser about a couple of months ago just to give us our first looks. This is actually giving us a little bit more into the story. Um, liked it. Liked it a lot. This movie's going to be dope, I, I feel like. I'm actually... Honestly, like this is probably the movie that I'm most excited about specifically mm-hmm. for Marvel this year, just to be honest, just because of like one, it's a new character. It's going to be something completely different that we haven't seen within the MCU. Uh, and they got wild shit coming like Fiend Fang Foom is in the trailer. This mystical yeah. shape-shifting dragon, you know, from comics is going to be in the movie. Abomination is coming back and is going to yeah. be in this movie, which is ridiculous and it looks like he's fighting possibly Wong. Um, you know, Doctor Strange's like right-hand man to look like a, look mm-hmm. like they might be fighting. So, a bunch of crazy stuff happened, uh, but you know, those MCU connections are definitely there. Uh, Tony Leung being in this movie is amazing, obviously. All the work he's done with Wong Kar Wai, he's one of the greatest actors of this generation, and I can't wait yeah. to see him in an MCU movie. And he's like a crime lord. He is, you know, basically the Mandarin. You know, he's you know having mm-hmm. this power struggle with his son. Michelle Yeoh is in it. Also another legend, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. If you've never seen it, go fucking watch it right now. She has some spectacular choreography, and I know it's gonna crack here too. Um, I just I can't wait for it, man. It it, it feels like the the marvel version of of crouching tiger hidden dragon like a yes a, a, a generational family story that that has a conflict at the center of it and there's going to be a power struggle and you know a bit of a bit of identity that has to be found and shang chi is a character really important to the avengers too he becomes an avenger in the comics and like has okay. a lot a lot to do with that team and you know we have our thoughts and theories about the next avengers and what that'll look like i'm i'm really really curious Whoa. to see how how this uh the shang chi character plays into the larger the larger picture but first we'll get this this introductory solo somewhat of an origin story uh from him but it, it just it looks it looks great i'm all in yeah, I am sold, bro. We had this conversation before where, um, again, we you, you asked me what was our most anticipated Marvel films of the year. And I said The Eternals. But between The Eternals trailer and this trailer, I I think I'll switch my vote. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm on the Shang-Chi train. I really thought Eternals would feel different for me. I thought they would go full Jack Kirby-ish into it. Not saying that they haven't or they won't. But again, face value, trailer-wise, Shang-Chi is it, or Shang-Chi is it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it it's given me the things I need <laughs> in a Marvel film. It's given me things I know. It's given me things I don't know. It's given me f- Fing Fang Foom. It's given me 
freaking abomination who we haven't seen, but it like ties some things. It's just really, it, it's just really cool stuff um, happening in this trailer that makes me more excited. And it's closer, uh, <laughs> to be honest, uh, than these trailers is. So I, I, I really am really looking forward to the Shang-Chi, man. I think it's going to be revolutionary. And again, we already know it's going to be revolutionary in terms of representation, but I really think this is another one of those uh, Marvel films that'll be surprising in terms of story where it does something to the, to the, to the, again, it has some type of uh, gravitational pull in the MCU that no one's seen coming um, because he does deal with a lot of those things. You talk about Wong, you know what I mean? Like that's not a normal person to just be out here. He's like, no, mm-hmm. he, 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 he protects the realm too. So it's like, <laughs> you know, these, it, it's, I, I feel like the stakes are going to be high here um, mm. in Shang-Chi. And I, and that's another one of the reasons I think that makes me excited. Plus I just love Kung Fu shit, bro. You, we know this, you know, this, I'm, I <laughs> give me the choreography and I'm there. Like, and it, it looks like it's there to me. Uh, and it, it even gives me technology I'm excited about. I'm like, where the hell did y'all get this shit from? Because yeah. um, it, like, looks Wakandan, but at the same time, you're like, mm, Yeah. Maybe not, you know what I mean? Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm excited to see, like, what all the origins of the rings and everything going on here, uh, what happens. So I'm, I'm excited, bro. Yeah, you know, Marvel going to bring it typically. So definitely we'll be on the lookout for that. Again, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings will be in theaters only September 3rd, Labor Day weekend. Got another trailer. Our second trailer for Candyman needed to cost uh, Candyman, which we've been certainly waiting on for a long time at this point. Um, a movie that was supposed to come out last year, got pushed to this year. I am so happy that they decided to wait keep this theatrical, not sell it off to a streamer. Um, this is going to be coming out in theaters August 27th. And now we got, you know, another look at this film, which is, is, this is also like another story trailer. We get a little bit more information about what's going on here. A lot more looks. People are saying Candyman left and right. Like y'all dumb motherfuckers. What are you doing? Do not say that. Like it's going, it's going up. It looks like it's, it's a lot. And we even, it looks like we get some, uh, some looks at the original Candyman himself. Some very, um, um, they, they conceal, they still conceal his face quite well mm-hmm. in a creative way but it looks like we get we get a couple of like quick glimpses of him himself and uh yeah. it, it's it, it feels just it feels chilling it feels horrific it feels very much in the spirit of that first film um obviously a lot of a lot of imagery that's striking mm-hmm. and uh also you know stuff that has deeper meaning i think of course um we know that the original Candyman, like, yes, it's a horror movie, but there's also like some subtext and like greater ideas and greater themes there. And I think that that's going to continue right. here as well. And uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II being, you know, sort of the lead of this film, it just feels so fitting and so appropriate. And he's surrounded by a really, really strong supporting cast. Tiana Paris is obviously here again as well, um, <laughs> you know, working with Nia DaCosta again in the Marvels when that comes out. But uh yeah, excited, excited. Just can't wait to be in a movie theater to see this because I think this is going to be uh, quite the event when it comes out. Man, so many bays because Tiana Paris, let me tell you. Um, have you ever seen the TV show Misfits? No, I haven't watched it. Um, it's a really, it's a UK British TV show, literally about a, a group of um, teens who did something stupid and got in trouble with the law. Now they have to do community service. A storm hits and they all ended up, they all end up with superpowers. Mm. Um, this storm exists for like five minutes. I'll end up with superpower. And one of the characters from that TV show ends up in this movie. His name is uh, Nathan Stewart Jarrett. And it actually surprised me seeing him in the trailer. Um, I was like, oh shoot, I haven't seen this dude in like 10 years. Um, so I, I, I just thought that was really interesting uh, to come up with. But 
yeah, this is this is going to be crazy, bro. The cast is so good. Cole Domingo, Lakeith Stanfield, Tiana Paris, and uh, uh, Yaya Madum. Like, Tony Todd, we're going to see him eventually. And it mm-hmm. just, it just really is just making uh, to be, hopefully, what was a good movie. Again, what I love about technology right now is you can do things cinematically that you couldn't do before just because it wouldn't be as clear or, you know what I mean? Just the, certain styles have changed since then. I really feel like this movie is going to be beautiful. I know it's a horror film, but I just feel like it's going to be shot really well. Um, and I feel like things are going to look as nasty as they need to, or as, you know what I mean? It's going to make you cringe. And the, I feel like the, the jumps are going to be there, but also this made me feel like the substance was going to be there. I needed that part too. I needed to know the substance was going to be there. And this is the trailer that was like, yeah, I think this is, this is it. So, um, soon we will we, be able to see it soon. So very I'm soon. Ready. Very soon indeed. Speaking of cringing, we got a new trailer for Halloween Kills, the sequel to the Halloween film that came out back in 2018, which was the sequel to the original Halloween from 1978, which ignored all of the following sequels after that. It's a very confusing <laughs> timeline. Don't try to make sense of it. Just go watch it and enjoy it. Anyway, new Halloween Kills trailer coming out theaters this October 15th. We got our first official full length look at it. Picks up right where the first one left off. Or should I yeah. say the second one? Yeah, the second one. Picks up. Second one. No, yeah. second one. Damn. whatever picks up where the last one left off immediately <laughs> after the last one where that left off and uh wait hold on now that i'm doing this right now i have to i, I gotta pause we gotta do an aside real quick inside how do you feel about movies using the same exact title as previous movies like <laughs> we have Candyman, literally just calling itself candy again and now we have yeah. halloween the one from 2018 just called itself halloween like what i that kind of annoys me it gets it gets a little yeah. confusing yeah especially because that one is technically a sequel in the storyline, it doesn't make sense to call it the exact same thing. Yeah, I know it's it's stupid. Yep, I agree. Yep, I don't I don't understand why. Damn, you brought up a good ass point. Why did I'm just do sitting that? here trying to explain it to make sense of it? And I'm like, I sound like a fucking idiot trying to say like, oh, it's the second one, or it's the first one, or it's the second one. Like, I can't even make sense of it. Like, this is a trilogy, but it's also going to be a quadrilogy. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, because the the first one is still a part of the timeline, I don't know. Anyway, ridiculous. That is that is another conversation for another day. We'll do a whole podcast about film titles. But anyway, <laughs> um, I fucking love this trailer. I thought it was amazing. The fact that yeah. we get to see so many kills mm-hmm. just makes me think like, oh, this shit must be ten times worse than the actual movie when we see mm-hmm. we, we 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 haven't seen shit yet, but we saw like some really brutal stuff in this trailer, yeah. like. Michael going around is, is is just as crazy as ever. Um, I love the line that Jamie Lee Curtis is utter uh, that she utters in the trailer. Um, she said, you know, that he's nothing but flesh, flesh and blood, which confirms that Michael Myers is a man. Like right. we, we had we had those few movies, you know, cults of whatever, like that started mm-hmm. to kind of examine like a supernatural side of Michael Myers. Never really liked that. I like the fact that like this was just a guy who decided to do this. That's much more yeah. horrific to me. Um, mm-hmm. so I like the fact that she said that, like he's just nothing but flesh and blood, but she said the more he kills the more he transcends and i'm like oh that's an interesting idea it's almost as if he he gets more confident he 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 becomes more evil the more that he kills which is still that still can be a human idea that that doesn't that doesn't mm-hmm. have to be something supernatural you know you can you can just like lose yourself to something and and become more of that thing so i i hope that they sort of unpack that in the movie but um yeah, yeah lots of lots of gore lots of blood here very very you know sort of intriguing for me to the eye i just i enjoy that for these halloween movies there's a nice reference to season of the witch um which mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous that 
fans are embracing that now. Like season of the witch was like, fuck is that movie? It's not Michael Myers isn't in that. <laughs> we don't talk about season of the witch. Right. But now, like here we are 35, almost, you know, 40 years later. And it's like, people actually kind of appreciated that it tried to do something different. It was like this anthology film in the Halloween universe. And we see the mm-hmm. shot in there where he, he kills people and he uses, you know, sort of the season of the witch masks that they had in that movie um, to cover right. their faces. So that was like an, a cool little nod, but uh, yeah, another movie I'm all in for. I, I can't wait. It, it's so funny because when I saw that Halloween a few years ago, I was initially disappointed by it because there was just so much hype around it. But then the more mm-hmm. I watched it, I watched it like a few times after that, I'm like, wait a minute, this is actually, there's, it's not perfect. There's there's still some things and I'm like, that sucks, but I'm like, this actually ages pretty good. It's only been a few years. And now this one, I'm, I'm even more excited. And we know that there's going to be an end to this because they're going to start filming Halloween ends really soon. And that's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, the third movie in this new, this new trilogy, but it, it looks great. I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, bro. I don't have too much to add because I, I did really like 2018's Halloween. I, I had a great time in theater and it looks like they just turn up the dial just enough for me in this trailer, bro. Uh, like you said, we see a ton of kills, which is like what I mean. The firefighters, like he took oh. out how you take out a group of firefighters, they had no chance because like, <laughs> usually when we see Michael Myers, it's never in like a group, you know what I mean? Like we mm. usually see him off like one person here, one person there, but like this nigga took out a whole thing of firefighters. <laughs> like, if you mean if he gets evil after one person, this nigga is a god after he took out a group <laughs> of firefighters. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm just really happy that this is happening uh i think it was a good idea it was just a good idea i think um you know for them to to go the direction they're going because they're doing a good job at it and it's clear that somebody had an idea and they're executing it well and i that's what i appreciate i think the most um about them redoing halloween and halloween kills and uh halloween ends is the last one right yeah um Mm -hmm. yeah and it's just like Duh! Why wouldn't you do that? Like, and it, it and it's it's coming out really good. I can't I can't wait, man. I I miss the time where Halloween movies came out Halloween because we talked yeah. about this sometime last year too, or maybe a year before. Where it's just like Halloween movies coming out like January and shit. You're just <laughs> like, what sense does this make? Like, it just doesn't add up. Um, like I even part part of me, which is Candyman, still got pushed back to October. Like, put it in yeah. the spirit. Of Halloween, you know, yeah. like let us. It's fine. Like it's yeah, Halloween. Spir- it's October. Spiral just came out in May. Uh, it's just like, like why? why? Saw why movies you- always came out in October before. Always, this. always came out in October, bro. Um, The Conjuring. We watched The Conjuring in like June. Yeah. <laughs> or or you know what I mean? It's like, come on, man. Just it's it's okay to be in the spirit. It's like people people are like too afraid to compete or something. I haven't figured it out yet. Or they're like just really antsy to get their movies out where they can't wait. Um, or or something like that, but I, I, Halloween they stick to it. They like this movie's called Halloween. This shit coming out around Halloween, at least October, <laughs> yeah. at least October. And so I, I will always appreciate about that. And so just really excited to watch it, man. I think it's gonna be a ton of fun. Um, in a theater, I let's do it. Certainly. Um, in, in a lesser known film, this this is not a existing ip an existing <laughs> franchise it's not a part of a series it's not a sequels we have an original idea y'all there's an original movie being made mm. original might be a little bit of a loose term mm. um mm. we have a new movie coming out entitled karen and mm. we have a trailer for karen that's been released and it was quite the talk on social media Ah, oh, where to start? Um, Karen is uh, 
Karen's quite, quite the, quite the, quite the phenomenon. Again, on social media, people had a lot of reactions, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of feedback. I would say um, there's definitely echoes of Jordan Peele in this trailer. There's definitely mm-hmm. um, some, some, some sensibilities that it, it feels closely related to Get Out. I know we talked about that also with them. How there seems yeah. to be this sort of, um, this sort of trend of taking this. Uh, this idea of, of of pitting horror and and racial racial ideas or racial themes together and, and making mm-hmm. a product out of that, but um, you know, Karen is obviously a a term that you know black people have often associated with a specific type of white woman, and so they decided yes. to make a movie out of it. Uh, it doesn't look good at all. It does not look like a good movie. It doesn't look like it's it's of high quality, higher production, anything uh. like even beyond. Even beyond the similarities to to maybe being a Jordan Peele knockoff film, uh, which you know, if anything in Hollywood is successful, there's going to be tons of knockoffs. That's nothing new, but yeah. it just doesn't even look all that well made. It doesn't look like nope. a well made movie. So I'm just like, okay. And we don't have a release date. We don't know where it's coming out on. If it's a streamer, or if it's going to be theatrical, or if it's just going to be like go to blockbuster and rent this like because i don't know who's gonna really be watching this movie um but it might it shit, hell it might it might garner a lot of attention just based off of the controversy around it alone or people just might mm-hmm. resent it because i feel like we're finding more people resent these type of things than actually yeah see it just to see it you know a lot of people mm-hmm. resented them and just decided like i'm not watching this shit or they watched like one episode and it was like I'm, I'm out i'm not doing this um but karen karen looks to be something um and i know director coke daniels he's been uh he's been verbal about the internet reaction um basically saying he expected it but he's like i'm not no new filmmaker like treat me with some respect like i'm not a novice i've made you know like several films i've been in the industry for nine years to be honest with y'all i don't know any of his work i've never seen or heard of any of these titles like that's just the reality of it but he's made more than one movie he's made like six or seven movies at this point um so he's here doing this and making it and wanted to turn it into the story and we have it so karen coming out at some point in the future man what the hell is this um i'm trying to figure out bro so a second ago i made a joke that this looks like a bet original movie yeah the beginning of the trailer says bet original (laughs) wait are you serious i don't remember that i swear to god (laughs) oh my god uh oh no oh my god i made a joke about it but it's a real thing okay um i can't believe this is happening uh we're really out here making karen movies uh i just can't i can't like put wrap my head around whose idea this was like i don't understand like you can't say take me seriously and then it looks like everything is shot on an iPhone. Like, I don't know, like, there, which doesn't make sense because Unsane is shot on the iPhone. It's a good movie. I don't, I don't know, bro. I don't know why this exists. Uh, uh, you know, with all the, with a lot of good, you kind of mentioned this, like with knockoffs, with a lot of good, you got to have some bad. Yeah. There's way more bad movies out there than there are good. Mm-hmm. Way more bad movies than there are good. And maybe this is just one of them. And maybe, I don't know, man. I don't know what what they were going for at all here. I just can't believe it exists. That's like I'm still stuck there. I can't barely talk about it because I can't believe it exists. Like they actually like, made this movie and paid for yeah. it and casted people and filmed it and edited it. Oh and man, all of that. They they casted old girl from Orange Is the New Black. 
Yeah. And then they got uh the comedian dude. I forgot his name. The uh why are you always lying. Oh yeah, yeah. Like straight oh, from Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't even know he was an actor. I thought he was a straight comedian. Um he probably is not an actor. He probably <laughs> is just acting in this movie. I, I I don't think he is an actor, which speaks to another larger issue, but you know, whatever. Oh man, but hey, Karen is happening. Will I watch it? Probably. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm probably gonna watch it, and I'm probably either gonna laugh a lot or just be pissed the entire time. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's so ridiculous to where I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I am, I'm gonna give my eyes to it, and if I cut it off in the middle, it is what it is. But who knows? Uh, uh, yeah, you can't tell us to take you seriously, but you, you can tell you're like kind of not taking yourself seriously. That's the weird shit um to me so that's what this trailer gives off and so yeah bro bt original let's do it <laughs> gosh where are we at last but certainly not least for this week on this jam-packed episode transformers has a new title the next transformers film it's going to be called rise of the beasts this movie is going to be directed by Stephen Capel Jr., who directed Creed 2 with Michael B. Jordan and Sylvester Stallone. Um, this next Transformers movie is also going to be starring Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback in the lead roles. We also found out it's going to be set in 1994 in Brooklyn, New York. How's that going to work? Mm. Um, Optimus Prime will come back, voiced by the legendary voice of Optimus wow. Prime, Peter Cullen. Um, Ron Perlman is also returning and is going to be the voice of Optimus Primal. Now, Optimus mm. Primal... Yeah is not a regular Autobot because this movie is going to introduce into the live action feature film universe, Maximals, Predacons, and Terrorcons, who are going to be the main mm-hmm. villains of this universe. And this is pulling inspiration directly from the Transformers Beast War series from the yeah. 90s, which is the thing that got me into Transformers from the very beginning. That is the first yeah. Piece of Transformers lore and history that I was ever exposed to, and the rest is history. I've you know been been in and out with the you know Transformers franchise ever since then. Obviously, went way back before then to revisit the originals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Beast Wars has a has a has a special place in a lot of people's heart, especially if you're a '90s kid. If you grew up in the '90s, you know what Beast Wars is. You watch Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. That was that was definitely a show. Um, so they're taking inspiration and putting it into this next movie. So we got some information it's coming out next year june 24th 2022 they're doing something different here man um yeah michael bay you know not involved anymore not at, not at least at the director level uh bumblebee came out a couple years ago a lot of people liked it made a decent amount mm-hmm. of money um you know sort of kind of reset things a little bit that was also set in the past i think that was set in the uh the 80s and now this is also going to be another prequel set in 1994 this whole continuity i, I can't explain it because i think this is this is technically the same universe but whatever it is what it is um movies but yeah, this is this is interesting to see how how far they're leaning into different sort of Transformers lore. They're getting away from the typical Autobots and Decepticons, which, um, you know, they said that they felt like they can do all they could with Autobots and Decepticons. I don't know if I agree with that because they spent so mm-hmm. many movies focusing on humans like you could have done yeah. a lot more with Autobots and Decepticons. Like if you just absolutely made a Cybertron movie or something of that, you know, nature, like mm-hmm. strictly focus on those characters, but it is what it is. They're going in a different direction, which um, is at least a sign of life for this franchise because it was, uh, it was on its, um, it was on its hands and needs a few years ago before Bumblebee came and gave it, gave it a little bit of a fresh perspective, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And Anthony Ramos and Dominic Fishback, I like to see them working. I like to see them in this in a big movie. 
with a lot of money behind it and they're in the lead role. So I'm going to check it out. We'll see what it looks like. Yeah. This movie is probably about to be black as hell. I mean, you got Stephen Cable Jr. again about to do Creed, um, Creed 2. And then here we are with literally Dominique Fishback and Anthony Ramos in Brooklyn. Like, if you, like, don't tell me that it's Transformers, I would be like, oh, a black movie's coming out. You know, like, <laughs> I would never be like, what is a Transformers movie? Um, but, bro, they Beast Wars is here. Wow. Uh, talk about talk about something ahead of its time. Uh like they could release Beast Wars right now with like new CGI and it'd be top tier. Mm-hmm. Like because back then, when you're watching it and you're younger, you're like, this is fucking amazing. But like yeah. when you go back, it probably doesn't age that well. Like the like the the visuals probably don't age that well. Um, but yeah, it's this is great. I mean, the fucking Maximus Predacons and oh my god, this is just gonna be amazing. I'm really excited. Um to 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 see some beast wars in on on the big screen. I think it's yeah. going to be great. Uh again, especially attention to detail of we're we're in the age of technology. Like that's what makes some of the early Transformers movies good, to be honest. Like you're like, "Damn, you you can do that on the screen now?" Um and shit, make the story good and you have a movie. Uh mm-hmm. they've been struggling with the story part. <laughs> you know, like they they've never really been like ugly movies or anything. They've always been pretty beautiful, but it's like, "Come on, y'all." Like what are we doing here? Like they they ran it, they ran into the fast problem. <laughs> That's like, all right, like what are we doing here? Like mm-hmm. what is what is what is really going on? So uh it seems like they're reeling it back, and I love that for them. I just hope they don't r- rush it because Beast Wars can be a lot for like a movie at one time. Um, this is in my mind, this is like something that could be its own trilogy. Like literally, you do, I don't know, it, they're already titled like the freaking Planet of the Apes movies, this Rise of the Beast, mm. <laughs> War of the Beast, and <laughs> you know Dawn what I mean? Like, Beast, yeah. Dawn of the yeah. Beast. Like, and it, it might need to be that though, because again, because Beast, Beast Wars comes with a lot of characters, it comes with a lot, lot going on in the lore. So, um, either this movie needs to be really freaking long, <laughs> or it can't, it can, it cannot be the only one, and they need to take their time. So, still very excited to see it. I just hope they take, take the time and do it right. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug, man. They're reaching right back to that 90 Saturday afternoon bag and, and making something out of it. So we will see what Rise of the Beast looks like. Again, that comes out June 24th, 2022. And with that, y'all, that is all we got for this week of this episode of Two Black Nerds. We are officially down and out. We lived up to our name this week. I can tell you that. We talked about all things nerdy and, and pop culture and entertainment. So thank y'all for sticking with us. It's been an, been an incredible, incredible episode. Lots of great stuff going on. Lots of movies out. Lots of new video games coming. Some great music's out. So y'all got plenty to tap into if you need any opinions or any thoughts on this stuff. Just listen to this episode and hear what we think. And then maybe you can tap into it. We'll be back later this week on thursday with our review and analysis of episode four of low key they gotta pick up the pace shit gotta crack mm-hmm. stuff gotta yes. happen so yes. definitely looking forward to seeing what happens with this latest episode of low key so we'll be looking forward to that and yeah man definitely will uh definitely will keep in tune i hope everybody has a great fourth of july weekend celebrate do something safe you know and have fun and just chill out um you know we don't celebrate the fourth as independence but you know take that day off and, and relax yourself mm-hmm. so can't wait for that but yeah we'll be back, we'll be back on thursday with that low key review Yes, yes, yes. With that being said, y'all, we are Audi 5000. Appreciate y'all for listening to this long-ass episode of the podcast. <laughs> Love y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Black Nerds. We're two black, too nerdy, and we out, y'all. Peace.
Peace. I rock double C, man. I run in beats like you run in cleats, man. Come to me, you want sun to see. This internally flawless a double V's. What troubles me is you couple me with these subtle fleas trying to double the hornet trapped on a hive of a motherfucking bumblebee. They just got the closest picture of the fucking sun surface. That was us. Got the lot of Rory part of this just for one purpose. Catching dust. My secret service carry mobs. You call them street sweepers. Back you up. Tatch you up, then add you up. Then give you a cover like Adjua. If the shit's fake, I don't respect it as clickbait. And that's this taste like a shit shake. What a difference your wrist make when it's rigid made. Hungry eyes tend to fixate like an empty stomach for a fish plate. Shit face, get this straight. This is truck wheel deck grip tape. Ride to the dinner tape. Say my net is I'm a with the shares in it's in the exit. Uh uh uh